Hello, beautiful people. It is holy hell. Every team is in training camp Tuesday, July 26, 2022. This sports show begins now. Let's ride. Let's ride into a glorious time to be alive. All 32 NFL teams are arriving at training camp. That means football is right around the corner. I actually woke up this morning. It was a little bit chillier in Indianapolis, Indiana. We had been going through a heat wave like everybody else. 100 degrees, 99 degrees, 98 degrees. Then this morning, the same day that 28 more teams go to training camp, the rest of the NFL has checked in to the NFL season. On that same day, there was a little chill in here. Yeah. I said, wait a minute, this feels like football weather, and God uh, damn it, it is. Yeah. We have made it. All the teams are checking in. The season is on the precipice of taking over all of our lives. Congrats to everybody for surviving. Yeah. Get it? The offseason. Made it. Next week, there's a game, I guess, and then obviously yeah. everything after that gets rolling. The NFL is rocking. Now, when training camp comes around, there's only a couple things to think about on day one. You start thinking about all the hard times you just went through with all the terrible sports that you had to act like you were interested in. Mm-hmm. You remember when I was watching baseball there for 20, 30 minutes? Wow. Oh, I remember when we were watching NBA playoffs and Boston Celtics team, that was just absolute oh. dog shit, oh, made a yeah. run. Oh, yeah. And ultimately, in the end, got dunked on by Nat, Nat King. Steph Curry. I yeah. remember we were doing that. You remember we were all in on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. We cared. We genuinely cared. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, no, we didn't. We just cared in the moment because football wasn't around. Probably a little bit more transparency for me there than basketball fans would want to hear, but that is honest to God truth. We have made it to football season. Then you start thinking to yourself, well, is there any football happening today? Uh, not really. No. I mean, no. there's nothing really that's going to come out. We'll see some pictures of guys in uniforms. How do they look? How do they not look? Did they look like they spent the offseason like I did my first couple offseasons? Or did they spend the offseason like Tom Brady does his entire life mm-hmm. of working out and being in the best shape you could possibly be in? Then you start thinking to yourself, oh, nothing's really going to come out from training camp maybe for the next couple of days other than quotes, no real football stuff. And then you think to yourself, oh, what is day one all about? It's about the arrivals. That's right. Uh-huh. Who's going to cement their legacy as being one of the greatest arrivals to training camp in NFL history? It has been happening around the NFL for a long time. Guys check into work because that's what it is. In, in, you know, incredible and metaphorical fashions and beautiful fashions. And, you know, you go back into history. You got Vince Williams of the Pittsburgh Steelers showing up like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He said, listen, I'm over the can of one pass on the season. I got this vest on. What? I got these boots on. What? I got these jorts on. What? I'm holding the title because at the end of this goddamn season, we're going to be holding one that looks a lot like a Lombardi. What? That was awesome. I got an opportunity to be teammates with a guy who... Uh, I think it got handed down to him from Edron James to Reggie Wayne. One time showed up in a construction uh, vehicle Ooh, yep. with a hard hat on, said it's time to go to work. Another time, IndyCar. Uh, he was uh, he arrived in an IndyCar, uh, which was, I thought, the only photo we had of Reggie. We had another one. That's awesome. That's good news. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's on me. Reggie in the IndyCar was fantastic. A little bit of a drizzle. Oh, oh really? really? Yeah, so there was a little bit of a buzz in the air because uh, some people knew how he was going to run. I don't know. Reggie and I obviously did not speak much whenever we were Colts teammates. Sure. 
I think he's a good guy. I've learned a lot about him post then. But yeah. Doring, we had zero relationship. Only teammate in the history of any sport, by the way, that I've ever oh. not had a relationship <laughs> with. He just wasn't about my shit, I don't mm-hmm. think. Which, by the way, respect. Sure. Neither am I most of the time. <laughs> but there was quite a buzz about the IndyCar arrival. And uh, there was a little bit of a rain. Then he showed up and he was like, hey, we need to get off to a hot star or something like oh, that. Oh, nice. There's always okay. some mm-hmm. sort of awesome message. And anything Reggie did, the entire team followed because he's OG and he's a Hall of Famer and he's great football but whenever he would do that it did feel like it was a you know a light switch like all right now now the fun's up now it's the season now let's go. go today somebody showed up and it is going to go down as one of the great arrivals in the history of the nfl Definitely. and i hate that we always seem to be doing this mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it does i do that it always seems to be us that have to do this because for a long time this person was talked about as being the biggest piece of shit walking. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, some people who have had conversations with him and have met him and actually asked him questions about who the fuck he is as a human say, you know, actually, good guy. Yeah, good guy. And also, best football thrower of all time. Yeah. Currently, the back-to-back MVP, a guy that we get told, you know, we get called a lot of things on the internet for talking mm-hmm. positively about him after all the years of people just shitting on him without even knowing who he is. So we obviously are a part of the problem here in making him maybe a likable guy because maybe he is a likable guy as opposed to what everybody was told for a long time but when this motherfucker shows up like nick cage with con air you can't help but just be incredible look at this fucking guy wow top notch have you ever seen somebody more confident or comfortable walking into fucking training camp as a back-to-back MVP? Oh, maybe that'd be some pressure. You know, lost your number one guy, mm-hmm. your back-to-back MVP, the weight of the world. You just signed a new deal that Ian Rapport actually changed the way he covers contracts mm-hmm. to report because that's how big of a fucking deal it was. And then you're you got a new tattoo. Yeah, Ooh. true. You got a lot of chatter about you. Everything right. you do causes news. You take a poop, people go, "Woo, what?" Mm-hmm. Holy shit! He shows up as fucking Nick Cage or Connor. What's that guy's name? Cameron Poe. Boom. Badass movie. My dad and I watched it in the most piece of shit theater in (laughs) Erie, Pennsylvania. Because Tim McAfee, when it came out, I was at a soccer tournament, I think, up there. Tim McAfee had to lay eyes on it early. Mm -hmm. Might have been like three bucks to get in and watch it at the soccer tournament. Fell in love, obviously, with Nicolas Cage that day. But what a story. What a story. Mm -hmm. What is he saying? You think, what old Con Aaron saying right there, you think, at Ty Schmidt, one of the owners of the Green Bay Packers? What do you think the message is being conveyed when he put that backpack down, by the way? Is that the baggage, you know, oh. of the offseason? Is he putting that down saying, hey, listen, we're not taking anything that would happen this offseason into the regular season? Is that everybody else's opinions and thoughts that he's laying down in the backpack in front of the Range Rover? Or did he just maybe say, oh, I got to finish this shot, don't need to back? I mean, nonetheless, why do you think this was the choice? And how awesome is that that that's your fucking quarterback? Yeah, pretty fucking awesome. And like you said, too, I mean, he's yoked. You know, I feel like yeah. a lot of times. We, yeah, we talk about like, you know, you see pictures in the offseason. It's like, oh, Jesus, what has he been doing? You know, he's on vacation. He looks a little frail. He looks a little skinny. He looks absolutely fucking huge, yoked, ready to go. Probably going to win a third MVP. But, you know. Look he, at those traps. Yeah, Holy I shit. mean. For those that are wondering, what they're wearing there is beaters. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wear a tank top. Those are beaters. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Two very different, you know, fashion choices and styles. But both do, if you have traps or arms or anything, you know, cover up the bot. Don't need to do any many abs. But if you get the arms and the show muscles ready, you know, the tank top or the beater will work for you. Mm-hmm. Dude looks fucking yoked. He does. Insane. And his legs, by the way, we saw him at the match. His mm-hmm. legs are fucking. We saw him over there in uh, Tahoe. Mm-hmm. You know when uh, drama 
says that one guy walks by about his calves. Yep. Yeah. That's good. Uh, thank you. When he walks by and he says, uh, those are fake. Mm-hmm. I know those are fake. Yep. That's almost what it's like with that fucking guy. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he just is doing like, um, like raises. Leg raises, leg, yeah. like all the time. All the time. But he's looks and appears to be in great shape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Appears to be very comfortable and confident. Yep. And he just had a, a rival that people talk about probably forever. That's right. And I think if you look a little bit deeper, you know, Con Air, the movie, uh, Cameron Poe, Nick Cage has a chance. He can he can get off Con Air. He can, you know, they, yep. they land at an, at an oh, airstrip. Oh, here we go. He can get off there. He can leave. Okay, he's he's basically good, but he says, "Hey, I got a buddy on the plane. All right, I can't fucking, I can't just let a man go. I, I got to save him." A lot of people saying, "Hey, he's going to retire. Devontae's gone. He's still got a lot of good friends in that locker room. He's got unfinished business. He's not just going to walk off into the into the sunset, retire. He's he's proven a lot. You know, freedom could walk towards. He could. Wow, he could walk towards freedom. He Who's Cyrus Virus? Well, Aton Diggs asking hard questions. Cyrus the virus. I mean, I guess you got to say it, it could be the Rams. It could be the, <laughs> the Niners. It could be the Niners. Definitely could be the Niners. But, but yeah, he has unfinished business. He, he's got to walk <laughs> back on that plane and he's got to get to the Vegas Strip, which this year, Scottsdale, Arizona. Here we go. Wow. I texted him and let him know that I thought that was, that was one of the most hysterical arrivals I've mm. ever seen. That was awesome. Pretty solid, yes. Was a response. Nice. So I think he feels good about it too. Yeah, he should. You know, when he started growing that hair, it was for Halloween. Yeah, right? John, John Wick. Wick. Did John Wick? Obviously, everybody talked about it not because of how much he did look like John Wick. No. There were some other. There's yeah. some other Halloween party uh-huh. itself. <laughs> right. Yeah. Close contact. So then he uh, then he just kept growing. It was like, oh, there's probably another reason. And then as he started thinking about training camp, he was like, I knew I kept this mm-hmm. for a reason. Yes. This is perfect. Fucking Connor walking in training camp. Mm-hmm. Think about the boys seeing him walk in. Juice Everybody God. Yep. head back, laughing so hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Boys, how we doing? New tattoo. Let's talk yeah. about yep. it. Yeah, Check Let's it get out. into this whole thing. That's uh, training camp arrivals are, I think, the final step before, like, all right, here we go. Yeah. Now we're going to get some shit. We did get some shit. Bill Belichick was speaking uh, yeah. at training camp. And Boston Connor, I know you're all jacked up about this. It sounds like he and Mac know each other very well. Mm-hmm. As if they've been hanging out every single day since the season ended, you know, working on concepts, maybe, you know, deciphering defenses, not just New England's, but also what every other team in the division, in the league, in the conference do. So, yeah, I feel pretty good about what Bill Belichick was saying today about Mac Jones. We have a video of Bill Belichick chit chatting about Mac Jones and it sounds like how Bill Belichick normally speaks about the opponent, right? Yes. So there was always a time, it feels like, each week when the Patriots are playing somebody and Bill cuts a promo for a player on another team. Bingo. But in doing so, he's also letting that person know, like, hey, you ain't doing shit this week. Nope. Like, mm-hmm. He's actually letting everybody know, like, hey, this person I have immense respect for. And everybody around the NFL knows if that's how Bill feels, like the coverage is going to shape exactly how this is going to go and he always talks about he'll get into long snappers mm-hmm. every once in a while he'll get into punting mm-hmm. in special teams yep. he'll talk about individual players former players of the patriots he'll cut a promo during the press during the week of the game that is you know i think players that hear it are fucking very pumped that they potentially sure. that they just got a promo from bill he did this about a guy on his team interesting his quarterback and I think that is why eyebrows have been raised all around the Revolution yeah. region. Here's Bill Belichick from training camp via NBC Sports Boston yeah. talking about Mac Jones. As you install a, quote, streamlined offense, how much input does Mac Jones have on what this new offense will look like as you, you build it and wrap it around him? 
Yeah, well, certainly he'll he'll have input. I think Max done a great job. Uh, he's See, he's worked he extremely that. hard. Uh, he's got a tremendous work ethic and uh, in all areas. Um, you know, I think there's a dramatic improvement. Um, his you know his physical uh, work and conditioning, um, working on his mechanics, working on his footwork, working on his understanding of our offense, of opponent defenses, of situations, um, all those things. You know, he did a great job last year, but he's starting from a much, much higher point this year than than where he started last year. So, um, you know, his his offseason work has been significant, and I think everyone recognizes, um, you know, how how well he prepares um, and how much further along he was than, than he was a year ago. That's a fucking hell of a promo, right? Yeah, unbelievable. He sa- that sounds exactly like how he speaks about people on other teams. Yeah, not on his. Him. And it sounded like at the beginning he was almost going to say nothing. He was like, yeah, Mac has input. And then it was almost like, you know, his heart grew three sizes that day. A little mm-hmm. bit. In the middle of it, he was like, actually, Mac does deserve that. Yeah. Mac, you know. I think people should know that this guy who ran a 4-6 with a very comfortable workout routine, it seemed like, which uh-huh. a lot of quarterbacks have, by the way, has lost weight. Maybe he's fucking running 4-5. Very possible. But him understanding the concepts and being at a much higher level, which everybody talked about his brain being a big one coming into the NFL. Bill fucking Belichick also said, uh, who's calling plays? He said, I'm the head coach. I'm in charge of everything. And didn't say anything else. Fuck it. This is what you've been saying since Dan Orlovsky said he was very worried about Mac Jones having a different person in his ear, especially not being Josh McTay. What's your number one worry going into the season? Dan Orlovsky was asked. Uh-huh. My number one, and we love Dan. Of course. Everybody knows we love Dan. A lot of respect. Dan lets that mouth say some ridiculous shit every once in a while, though, sure. that he actually believes. Mm-hmm. So we have to do that. The thing, and that morning when he was asked, the thing he was most worried about was Mac Jones with a new person in his ear because McDaniels left. Yep. And all you and basically all Patriots fans said, uh, is Bill Belichick still there? I don't give a fuck, basically. Yes. Now it sounds like we're Bill and Mac just like this all offseason. What does that mean for everybody else? And what does this mean for the offense that's taking place in New England with a former special teams coach and a fired uh, head coach from the Giants now working with the offense and everything else? What do you, and Matt Patricia, defense coordinator working with the offense, mm-hmm. and Bill, who's a defensive guy working with the offense, what does this mean, you think? And uh, are you pumped about it all? Oh, I'm very pumped. I placed a pretty large wager on Mac Jones win MVP this morning just because after of that? This, after watching that, yeah. And I think when you look at like what Bill has said in us not having a fullback anymore us drafting a offensive lineman and then a wide receiver with our first two picks like the team is just going to be in max hands we're not going to be like the you know, what did we run the ball 60 times during one game last year well, their, his wins were yeah terrible. exactly yeah, the win was terrible but it seems like either way we're going to put the ball in max hands see what he can do i'm juiced about it i think bill saying you know obviously i'm the head coach so i'll just leave it at that you know it, he's not worried about it so why would i be and then i always go back to what brady said in man in the arena about how like he'll hear that a guy's really good but who's going to show him how to be great and he had Bill Belichick show him how to be great and it sounds like you know Bill's kind of already started that process process with Mac Jones kind of showing him you know what he needs to do to become like a top guy Mac never left town right never left town yeah no bull no bull never left town he's really? working with the training staff the entire offseason I think he's probably in with Bill in that because we have so much of do your job film yes. mm-hmm. on Bill Belichick's office where Tom comes in and sits down they do that whole thing uh-huh. that was Max offseason yeah that's exactly what I think I think that's why Bill said that because I honestly 
don't remember the last time, not even during training camp, but that he even just said or had glowing reviews for someone. Anybody. On, yeah, on the Patriots, ever. So I think that kind of also plays into the part that oh, he Cam, he talked up Cam, remember? Yeah. He talked yeah. up Cam, said nobody leads like Cam leads. And yeah. Everybody thought that Dur- during the season, though. I don't think there's thought, ever been a time. I thought it was at the beginning of the season. He talked up Cam. He's talking up Mac. What? Sounds like he's trying to make uh, his ex-wife a little jealous. Oh, oh, Tony! Feels like Tom's Come still, feels like Tom's still renting space in Bill's head, and he's just trying to justify what he did to Tom. No, so he's saying uh, Mac seems to be smarter than any previous quarterback I ever worked with. <laughs> Mac seems to have a much, much higher football work record than anybody I've ever worked with before. You think Tom's listening to that press conference and you go, that motherfucker. You think that's what Tom's I'm, I'm sure word's going to make its way back. Hey, did, uh, did Bill ever compliment you? Ever? Hey, did you, uh, did you ever have any input in the offense? Second year of Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah nobody do. Second year's getting input in the offense. Publicly, by the way. Publicly, mm-hmm. yeah. Mac will have input, which is awesome uh, to think about because you should if you're the quarterback. But putting that on a second-year guy means the amount of trust you have in his respect, uh, his leadership, mm-hmm. and the respect that people have for him in the locker room, how much you think he can handle, what do you think you can do. Them reshaping that entire roster, basically, and going in with Mac Jones and changing how they do things. Yeah. You're excited, huh? Oh, I'm very juicy. Buffalo Bills still right down the road. That's right. Right down the road. Aren't they? The Buffalo Bills are right down the road. <laughs> Super Bowl favorites, MVP favorites. And, I mean, the other thing, too, is everyone's – Talking about the Dolphins, it's not as if the Dolphins didn't have a bad offseason. They've made so many goddamn moves that the Patriots have kind of fallen off a little bit, especially with McDaniels leaving. So we'll see what happens. What was that name Bill used to use for Tom? He'd say, uh, Johnny Foxborough. Johnny can make that throw. Johnny fucking, uh, make yeah. that play. Johnny yeah. Foxborough, not Tommy Foxborough. Every time I brought that up, I had some fucking asshole prick. It's Johnny Foxborough. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, dude, same thing. You get it. Yeah. So you understand what he was saying. He was saying that anybody could do what you just did that lives around. We had Eagle Creek All-Americans that would uh, show up in practice. Okay. Uh, it was like Friday All-Pros. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Those types of – the people that try super hard in practice that, you know, although they are talented in football when compared to other people that play pickup football, when it comes to NFL guys and you're, you know, a guy that's on a practice squad, but it's week 16 – Week 15, and you're going harder than everybody else. There's a lot of, oh, Johnny fucking Foxborough here. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy, like, there's a lot of that thrown around there, which I believe, if that was being said about Tom Brady, I could see how Tom and the family potentially <laughs> take offense. <laughs> Join us now, man who's been a Super Bowl champion and has seen the lows of the NFL and winning and losing, uh, more specifically with the Browns at one point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tough. It's not his fault because no, that motherfucker's a champion. Uh-huh. Not only is he a champion and will be forever remembered that way, now he'll be known as a man who is a host of an Emmy award-winning show. Ladies and gentlemen, new host of Good Morning Football, Jason McCordy. Yeah! Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yes, did you? Yes, this sounds good. Hey, you look good. You Here sound good. Hell Here yeah. Here we go. <laughs> appreciate hey, it. Hey, I love that. I love that West Virginia jersey in the background. The one college team I was never able to beat, so... Uh, I love that you're displaying it, and I, I'm kind of reminded of those college days. If it means anything, that's the only. It's never here. I just put it up because of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just put it up. You know, just, this trophy too. I don't know if you ever won one of those. I won one. No, I'm joking. You, uh, you've accomplished so much. I'm appreciative of the fact that you recognize West Virginia's greatness because more people need to do so. Uh, let's win some fucking games, West Virginia, though. <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's move along here. Um, whenever you got the gig for Good Morning Football, you. Had 
had to be pumped. This is a huge show watched by so many people. You immediately out of retirement right in there. Did you know you were going to get into TV? Did you know that role was going to be there for you? And how have you enjoyed your first couple of days? Man, the first two days have been great, man. This was just a, a great way for me to kind of transition out of the league. But nah, uh, when the season ended last year, I was going through a Liz Frank injury. I had surgery in November, so wasn't sure I was really going to play. Went out to uh, L.A. and did the NFL uh, broadcast boot camp, and opportunities started popping up from that. And uh, honestly, I didn't think that Good Morning Football would be an opportunity uh, that I'd be interested in me. But when it came, I was able to go out there and do an audition uh, at the end of June, and uh, we were able to work out a deal, and I'm, I'm fired up to be there learning from uh, Peter and Kyle and me and Jamie uh, the rookies on the show, so it's been a blast so far. Yeah, we've been watching a lot of great energy, a lot of like, mm -hmm. hey, let's get to know these people that are now new host uh, type of segments. Do you walk in there every morning with like 45, 60 different segments uh, to pitch every single day, or or how's that all work? <laughs> no, you got you got to start with the slow burn. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm still smart. the rookie. Uh, those guys, Kyle and Peter, come in their clothes already. Uh, picked out for them, they're placed on their chair. Yes. For me, I'm walking in with a bag, holding my sneakers, bringing my own stuff yeah. uh, in the work to put on. So there's levels hard to hat. this thing. So hard I'm, hat. I'm with a slow burn. I'm, I'm still, I'm the rookie in the game. You're going to do a great job. I can't wait to continue to see what your show grows into. Uh, I talked about it there. You were a part of that Browns team that won zero games. Then you go on to become a champion. You've played in a couple of different franchises. You've gotten to see why teams work, why teams don't work. What do you think is the biggest separator between like the shit organizations and the ones that go? You think what is the if through your experiences, your NFL time? What do you think is the separator? Because I feel like there's a lot of people that as soon as training camp starts here, every fan base thinks their team has a chance. But every human that has like uh, you know a pretty good visual on how all the teams operate, like eh, there's probably like 12 teams that can maybe go and get there. What do you think is the separator? There, Jason? Without a doubt, as simple as it sounds, is having people moving in the right direction. I think uh, when it comes to the NFL and professional football, there's always a ton, probably a lot of times too much of ego going around the room. So I think the one thing I learned being in New England, you don't have to always have the best player out of position, the best coach out of position, but if everybody within the organization is moving to the same beat and to the same sound, it actually gives you a legit chance. Uh, like you just mentioned, when we were 0-16 in Cleveland, we had players. I mean, I won a Super Bowl after that. Emmanuel Ogba went to Kansas City. He won a championship. Duke Johnson was in Houston, a star running back on the Texans team who was in the playoffs. So there was a lot of talent in that room and in that locker room that went on to continue to play in the National Football League. But everybody wasn't always on the same page, and I think that was evident. And I spent eight years in Tennessee. We never made it to the playoffs. There's always so many other factors that take away from uh, a team's ability to go out there on Sunday and win games. So something as simple as just people being on the same page and not worrying about ego, who's getting the credit or whose idea it is, goes a long way in winning a football game on Sunday. It's already hard enough to win, especially with the injury rate of being like 100% and if it's a key guy. But if then you got people going in different directions, you got no shot. I, I'm intrigued to see like the turnover of franchises when it just continues to lose, 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 lose. New head coach, new GM, lose, lose, lose. It's like, how, is the building cursed? Is there, is it, how does that whole thing operate? Or do some places get lucky? Like for instance, New England getting Bill Belichick. What, he retired from, or he quit the, the Jets, Jets job? Yep. Yep. After getting fired from Cleveland, I think? No. 
Uh, yeah, he started in Cleveland. Yep. Fired from Cleveland, quits the Jets job on a, a napkin, goes to New England, obviously builds into what it becomes. He's been known as just being this hard ass, right? Uh, accountable, very accountable, uh, militant almost type because he grew up in the Navy. And it's the Patriot way. The Patriot way is we're going to be smarter than everybody. We're going to know everything. He was never really super nice to his players publicly. He just came out and cut a promo for Mac Jones yesterday at training camp about how much tougher he is. He seems to be in better shape. He didn't leave. He knows the game inside out, what defenses are going to do more. Have you seen him evolve, you think? And is this a necessary thing with the modern locker room for Bill Belichick to do so? It's funny you say that because for me as a guy, like I got there and he wasn't a militant guy. He wasn't super angry all the time. But that's the funny thing is you always get former guys coming back. And one thing they will always say is, man, Bill is a lot nicer now <laughs> than he was back in the day. And I think that's just evolving with players. Even, Pat, you can know when we first came in yeah. the league and the way players are dealt with now compared to us, it's totally different. I mean, Kyler Murray just got a clause in his contract oh. forcing him to watch film. Like, it's just it's not the same age of players. So I definitely think uh, he has evolved over time, and he's trying to do and say the necessary things to create a team that can go out there and win and compete. And they do, it seems like. And everybody in New England that's a Patriot fan, for good reason, whatever he says, they're like, ah, right, he'll figure it out. Bill Belichick will figure it out. Honestly, greatest GM in history, greatest head coach in history, same fucking guy. I don't know if anybody <laughs> will ever be able to do that again. Let's talk about that clause that you just chit-chatted about. It took over the internet yesterday, and we don't know who leaked this information. We don't know who thought this was a good thing to leak. The team wouldn't want to leak this because the team just gave $160 million to a guy that they had to put in a contract clause that says, hey, you'll do a pretty basic part of your job as being an NFL quarterback. There's no way the player wanted that out or the agent wanted that out because it automatically leads to like a guy isn't even watching film by himself. Whenever you hear these countless stories about the amount of time that quarterbacks have taken in film study and preparation and everything like that. What was your initial thought of this? I thought it was fake. And then my follow-up was nobody would want this information out there. How to get out there. That, that was my yeah. first my first inkling from the entire thing, Jason. Yeah, for sure. It, it creates a huge distraction. Now, Kyler Murray, as the start of training camp rolls around here, he has to answer questions about it. But not only him, all of his teammates now have to answer questions about his film-watching habits. Did you know? How do you feel about it moving forward? What's the message from the organization? My thing on it, too, is that for other players, you're going to look at a guy and we play with a ton of guys. Some guys feel as though they have to watch hours and hours yep. of films. Some guys feel like they have to work out seven days a week to be able to play in the NFL. Some guys feel like, yo, I can roll out of bed and I've been blessed with that much talent that I can just go play. Hell, give Kyler Murray some credit because for three seasons, he's played well and he's earned a $230 million contract without watching a ton of films. Without so, knowing what the uh, fuck's going on. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is immensely talented, and the Cardinals know he's not watching film, and they still gave him this money. So I think guys in the locker room, their opinion isn't going to change. If he wasn't watching film, guys know that. They weren't probably surprised by this. I think the thing they have to figure out now, if I'm a veteran on that team, hell, if you don't want to watch film and it's gotten you paid, who am I to tell you to watch film? But we need to figure out how to finish these seasons better. So as it gets down to the nitty-gritty, I may have to pull you in the film session myself and say, hey, let's go over this, let's go over that. They have some veterans on that offensive line that can kind of help push it in a direction. But, man, man, if, if you told me I can make that type of money and I can go home and not worry about putting on some film, I'd sign up for it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the last three years, they're – 
two and four down the stretch, two and three, two and three down the stretch. And it's like, well, there's also, I believe, a Call of Duty game that drops. Oh, yeah. Call of Duty game that drops that uh, the internet has pointed out Mm -hmm. the date in which that game drops and then his performance immediately following. So it's like maybe he's caught up sniping or whatever. But uh, towards the end of the season, everybody else gets smarter. The defense coordinators get smarter. Yeah, you would hope your team gets smarter. It's your best football. Hey, we're trying to play our best football late, trying to be the smartest football team we can be late. And he seems like just going out there, I'll figure it out. And whenever push comes to shove in a massive game, you never be able to win like that. Like that is just at the quarterback position, you have to have, I think, uh, somebody that is prepared for everything if you want to win a Super Bowl. I think you can win games. Obviously, they have. Mm-hmm. But I think this clause will hopefully make Kyler a fucking guy. Yeah. You know, like this might this might force Kyler to become a guy, and I'm excited. I think everybody will be pumped to see it, Jason. Without a doubt. And I saw Michael Vick said, uh, looking back on his career, he said he used to get those little DVDs and just throw them in the back of the car, and he said, hey, if I would have watched more film and kind of prepared a little bit more. I think I would have got a chance to win a Super Bowl. And maybe that was a Cardinals kind of ploy. If this thing becomes public, maybe it puts more pressure on Kyler. Because, hey, when things go good this season, everybody in the media is going to be saying, hey, Kyler must have went above that four-hour quota this week. When things (laughs) don't go well, it's going to be like, hey, he probably just had the iPad running while he was watching uh, TV, the newest show coming out, or he was playing a little bit Call of Duty. So it's going to be an <laughs> ongoing saga all season. So I can't wait for the odds. The week after the Call of whatever game is the oh, week yeah. after a Call of Duty <laughs> drop, just the odds on the Cardinals winning. Uh, plus 10,000 <laughs> Cardinals to win here. Kyler spent the last 70 hours clocked in. Yeah, here's the tweet. Uh, and obviously, this is not. A reputable source. We have no idea who this person is. They just made this graphic. And uh, 2019, 2020, and 2021 um, is when the annual Call of Duty games released. The performance just goes straight down. Oh, no. <laughs> Look, he's just getting better, better, better. But that also might come up with, you know, the end of the season. People yeah, get hurt. You yeah. never know. Coincidences. Coincidences. Right. Exactly. Big exactly. Deal. Well said. Thank you. Uh, Tony, your question for Jason. Uh, Jason, Tyreek Hill's made a bunch of noise, uh, news, I should say, um, saying that he went to Miami because Tua is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. You were there last year. What are your? Are, do you agree with that? What are your thoughts on on Tua, and, and what does he have to do to fight, like get over the hump? Yeah, man, I'm a big Tua fan. I mean, obviously, if uh, I was getting paid as much money as Tyreek Hill is by an organization, I would be saying Tua is the most accurate quarterback <laughs> in the NFL, too. Uh, I'm not going to I'm not gonna crown him that just yet. But uh, at the same time, I think it's a great situation in Miami going on right now. I think for Tua's career, since he got to Miami, it's always been about another guy. When he first got there, it was him. It was Fitzpatrick. Who's, who's the quarterback to lead them? Tua ends up getting a helm pass to him later on in the season. But a lot of people were wondering, hey, could we have done better with Fitzpatrick? Then you fast forward to last year, and it's just like, all right, it's Tua's team. Fitzpatrick's gone. And then all you hear about the rumblings are, hey, Deshaun Watson, hey, ownership wants him. Trade deadline comes around. Hey, Miami's back in play. Are they going to trade for Deshaun Watson? So I think it's some positive vibes going on around that building in South Florida where Tyreek Hill is pubbing Tua. Everybody's talking good, and I think it's helping him possibly move in the right direction. There's not as much negativity uh, going on right now down there in South Florida. It has to help, right? Just a little optimism, a little confidence Mm -hmm. boost has to help everybody. 
for sure, for sure. I mean, it's probably gotten to the point where Tua may be like, "All right, man, I'm tired. We got it, lot. Let's let's <laughs> let's let it simmer now. Let's not let's not go overboard." But hey, it's like you're in that new uh, that new girlfriend phase where it's just infatuation. Everybody's loving on each other. It's totally compliments man. through the totally ass, and it's just a good feeling right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's what the people in Boston are saying about Bill and Mac. You know, they're. <laughs> Trying to shove us in time. Yeah, your question for Jason McCourty, Boston Connor? Yeah, Jason, I don't think it was like this the entire time, but I believe in the last two years in New England, there was no D.C. Is it weird being on a team where there aren't, like, distinguished coordinators? And also, while you were there, although Josh McDaniels was there, was Bill Belichick involved in the offense whatsoever? Yeah, I think it's not really confusing as long as you know who's standing in front of you the meeting in the meeting room and who's the one communicating with you i think it can become confusing where it's just like hey if there's one day one guy's talking to you the next day another guy's talking to you or if there's a question about scheme hey if a team does x y and z what's our response going to be a guy has to know who he's taking that question to i think uh as far as titles go i mean now that i'm a, a member of the media i guess yeah it gives us something to talk about. Hey, you're heart. like, hey, you were like the media. You know that. <laughs> Emmy Award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emmy uh, winner. Like, that's like, you are media media now. Well, I mean, I didn't win the Emmy. They won it before I got there. Um, <laughs> you got hired after they won it, though. They said, what's the standard? For Bam, course. Fucking Jason McCourty. The pressure's on to try to win another one. See, then we won another one. Then I may just retire uh, from the media and say, like, Hey, I'm a Super Bowl champ and an Emmy Award-winning TV nice. personality. So okay, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, for those guys, I think it's more about just continue to move forward and knowing what's going on. And then uh, with Josh, I, from, from my standpoint, I don't know what goes on in the coaches' meetings and everything, but Josh ran the offense. And I think Bill's always been more of a defensive coach. But uh, Bill's a guy that can coach oh, no. all three uh. of them. He's up in the meeting rooms. And sometimes we'd be in there for an hour in a team meeting and Bill would coach the special teams, the defense, and the offense, calling people out. One of the most impressive okay. things I've seen because I never had – you know, most of those team meetings with the head coach are 10 minutes. You hit the schedule, you hit the thought process for the day, and then you break into your meetings. Bill would go phase by phase and would go in. But uh, I'm a big fan of Josh McDaniels. His ability uh, to find and mismatches and exploit it and get his playmakers uh, the ball in their hands has been impressive throughout his entire career. Hey, he's the GM, the lead counsel. And now the head coach of all of them. How does he have time? You think he's like, uh, you think he's one of those time travelers able to slow down time? You think he's <laughs> able to do, how does he have enough time to do all these jobs that literally nobody else in the history of the business has been able to do at a high level and probably nobody will ever be able to do again? It's very time consuming, all this shit, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, man, he, he's a special dude. I think it was documented on one of the football lives or something. Uh, he'd be on the treadmill getting his morning workout in and back in the day before we had iPads and all of these things to watch film, it was just pictures. And he, they said he'd have a huge binder and he would just flip through the pictures. And as you're flipping through the pictures, the play kind of goes out. It's all the X's and O's and the arrows and all of that. So what it is, it's time management. It's finding ways to multitask. So Bill would be able to go in there, hit the treadmill, be able to get a great workout in, a good sweat. But at the same time, he's studying the game. So I think over the years, he's found that unique balance of being able to multitask and always oh, yeah. there you go. He doesn't spend He's much time sleeping on and doing a and, press conference. Yeah, yeah. No big deal. How about no, that? No, no big deal. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. He's a dog. Let me catch a nap and do a press conference mm -hmm. same damn time. Easy. And I'm gonna run this back next week and a week after. 
He is an absolute dog. I mean, it's going to go down into folklore history. I don't know how he finds time to get out on that boat or uh-huh. feed Nike treats. No kidding. Well, Nike feeds himself now. Bill taught him how to, <laughs> you know, pour his own bowl. Just like yeah. Mac Jones calls his own place now. Exactly. Same exact premise. <laughs> Same type of situation. Go ahead, Ty. Jason, is there any part of you that feels like you didn't even get to enjoy your retirement because you have to wake up at like yeah. three in the morning to commute <laughs> to New York? Or is it one of those things where like you see these guys reporting for camp and they're living in dorms and it's like what I'm doing now is a hell of a lot easier than what I would be doing. Definitely the latter. So for me, I only played seven games last year, so I've been chilling the entire (laughs) season, going to the games, sitting up in one of the suites, watching the guys play, hanging out, forcing and bossing my kids to do things for me. So now it's nice. I think my wife was just like, you've been in the house too much. Like, Let's go out. The early morning wake-ups are tough, but I was working out with my brother uh, over this past month leading up to camp. And it was a very nice feeling knowing he was getting ready to report, run the conditioning test and doing all those fun things. And I'm just waking up, going to work for four hours and then coming home and being able to jump on a FaceTime with you guys. Well, we're lucky you did as such. We can't wait to watch you continue to grow on Good Morning Football. Enjoy retirement. Good luck on the next Emmy, right? Yeah. For, yeah. for that and show. Uh, and we appreciate your time immensely, Jason. Thank you. Appreciate you guys for having me. Good luck out there. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason McCordy. Hey! He's going to win at me. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I was watching some segments today. Yeah, show hasn't, you know, even skipped a beat. Show's all the way back. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're on a streak doing skits. They were. Yeah. They're They're Eric Stone Street. Eric Stone Street. They're cutting promos. You know what uh-huh. I noticed? They're out there and doing uh, it. What? Uh, Jamie's down on the street. <laughs> Come on. So? What the hell sure. are you what talking you about? Not yeah, sure. of course he's sure on the street. I ever oh. saw. Not sure I ever saw K down on the street. Oh, my God. He's right. Yeah, but this is a get-to-know-the-person yeah. skit. Just saying. Like, they're trying to introduce. Well, That's why they're actually doing these things is to introduce Jamie. Right. He was already on the show. The what are we even know, talking about? The get-to-know-you skit was just a panel of them for, actually, by where you guys used to do your show. In the you world. No, no, that was Meeting of the Minds. Years ago? Yeah, yeah, Meeting geez. of the Minds was about learning. This was a trivia relay race contest. She played... Softball. If you have someone who plays, it's like, hey, let's get Jamie she down there. She let's... always has a hot hand, by the way. And she had a wet exactly. jumper. Exactly. Yeah. Wet jumper. Let's show. I mean, she hit a fucking moonbeam after spinning. She did. She did. She did. It's like, hey, if you got Shrake's, a hot bat, showcase it. Shrake's kind of embarrassed himself. He did. Yeah, well, I no was offense, so, Shrake. You embarrassed Shrake's yourself. damn near took a header off the curb. <laughs> twice. He went around twice. And, did, you know, did you guys do Louisville Chugger? Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I assume everybody did. You know, put a whiff ball back. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Do the whole thing. Chug, yep. then spin. Do the whole thing. Uh-huh. I'll spin however many seconds it took to chug. Yeah, yep. hit the beer can. Hit the beer can. Don't go again. Miss beer can. Got to go again. Right. Yep. Stop. Great time. Very difficult. Yeah, yeah, fun game. But I remember, not me, obviously. I would never do that. I, I chose not to drink. Yeah, smart. Of course. Exactly. Everybody mm-hmm. else did. College athlete. I remember looking at other people. Exactly. Committed. I remember other, watching other people do like 13, 14 spins. Yeah. Very boozed up. And then make contact with a beer can while falling. Yeah. Shrakes did three spins this morning. Almost busted his face. <laughs> what, what happened? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not a big spin that. guy either, though. When no. I get the spins, I'm no. doing, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> find your ground. Right. But I, three spins doesn't seem like enough to disorient you. Yeah, no, not at all. Unless Shrake's had, you know, 15 beers on his way into work this morning. Which well, awesome. And that's what I'm saying. I remember vividly, and it was pretty pretty sketchy situation that I probably would have been responsible for, but it was the front yard of my house. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't the only one who lived there, but it seemed like Duplex. when anything bad happened, it was they Pat came, McAfee's house. They came calling. 
I mean, I took blame for a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. but a lot of stuff was good, so I'm happy to be a part of it. Front yard, Louisville chugger, boom, make contact, tumbled down hill. Ooh, yeah, not good. Pretty steep. Oh, no. Yeah, not good. With street underneath it, yeah. And it was like, make contact, though. So first first thought is like, oh, hope didn't crack open skull or yeah. break <laughs> neck. Pretty important person to the city's happiness here. Mm-hmm. That just had that happen to them. And then once... Human got up. It was like, bro, you hit that thing. That Holy was shit. Laser into the gap. Dude, you hit that. Like, congratulations, <laughs> yeah. dude. I was so happy for him. But, I mean, I couldn't even fathom Shrags. Imagine Shrags having a Louisville chug. Oh. No, he can't do. Well, I don't know. Does he chug? It could be like a two second chug if he. It has out. to be. It won't. It's tough to it's drink out of those wiffle ball glasses. It's a tiny little you need thing. The hole. But also, yeah, you definitely need the gas can uh-huh. open at the top thing. But if it's more than three seconds, he's dead. He's dead. Because that was three spins, and it was like, Shrek's, geez, nice shoes. Nice shoes. Shrek's had some nice shoes. I saw him scuffing his shoes while he was doing it. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. Peter. Take it easy there, Peter. Team's having fun, though. Yeah, having fun. They're building the chemistry. They're building it. Just like all these teams are checking in training camp. Mm -hmm. That's right. We talked about it a little bit there with Jason McCourty because of how alarmed he was about how the modern locker room is vastly different Mm -hmm. than what it used to be. This this four hour of independent oh, study clause oh, 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 yikes. that the Arizona Cardinals put into Kyler Murray's contract trended all night last night for good reason. Oh yeah, because I believe everybody's expectations of an NFL quarterback is like what Peyton and Tom and Aaron yeah. and Drew and these guys are at the top of the game who spend just countless hours trying to learn everything they can about the team they're playing and the team that they're playing for and the sport that they play professionally. It's almost like you're just expected to do so from a fan's eyes. Like, that just yeah. comes with the job. Like, hey, you're a quarterback in the NFL. If you want to be worth a fuck, like, you're going to have to watch film. I think a lot of people just assumed that happened. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. I think people, because they hear these stories of all the great quarterbacks being like, well, film, I had to watch film, film, film. It's almost like just synonymous with greatness in the NFL is film study. So, so much so that when Gronk said on uh, Monday Night Manning or whatever that he didn't watch film, Tom just watched film for him, it became a big backlash because everybody just expects that everybody watches film. It's your fucking job. What do you do all day, every day? You get to play football for a lot of money. It's just kind of synonymous with it. I, too, thought that was the case as well, strictly because when I was... In the NFL, I was very fucking lucky to watch a human robot play quarterback in the NFL for the first couple of years, yeah. three years. Peyton Manning is what? Him and Tom are just known to be the most prepared guys, yeah. Yeah. the most successful guys, cerebral guys. Like, mm-hmm. hey, these guys are going to know the game inside and out. I remember having a conversation with him, and this wasn't, you know, after this Kyler Murray information came out. This was like years ago, but I had to rack my mind for it. I, like, I remember talking, because I think I was at his house or, yeah, I think I was at his house, and there was, like, a movie theater off of, like, his bedroom and, like, living room. I think, one, I, I, I'm pretty sure, I, I might be misremembering this, but I remember asking, like, oh, this is a pretty interesting spot to have this. And it was like, oh, yeah, I like to watch film in here, obviously. He has the full setup for him. It's a full thing. Has his remote, and then he's able to just kind of do it so he doesn't have to stay at the facility until 2 a.m., 3 a.m. He can go do this mm-hmm. shit at home. Mm-hmm. And then I heard stories from, like, Clyde Christensen, who's the quarterback coach now for the Buccaneers, was for Peyton Manning for a long time, and Andrew Luck. He's like, the amount of calls I get, like, 3 a.m. in the morning, 2.30 a.m., and I better have a fucking answer. I think Clyde even had to move, like, a computer or something into his bed bedroom so that when Peyton found something on film and asked him a question about it and if he had seen it or prepared for it he could go through it it's like the amount of hours in preparation and film study Mm -hmm. just kind of was synonymous with Peyton Manning and I think these other guys that are up there so whenever the internet and I think I remember asked him 
I, I think I remember asking him, like, how much film do you watch? How much, how much film do you, my position, I mean, okay, I can watch Returner a couple of times. Do you like a highball? He doesn't like a highball. Guess what we're doing? We're hitting his fucking hot. Yeah. We're hitting his fucking hot. He doesn't like a line drive ball. Okay, guess what we're doing? We're hitting a little bit of a line drive ball. This guy is a nightmare. Try to keep it away from him. Like, that's the whole thing. But I remember, like, getting into a convo with him. Like, how much you watch? And he dove into, like, oh, you got to watch. You got to watch every game the other team has played, every snap they've played, every practice clip from your week of practice, every game you guys have played that plays against a similar defense that they're playing, every single third down situation broke up into their red zone, every first down operation. He's, hey. I think he went through it all, and I, I, I think I, like, prodded him a little bit. And he was like, I don't know, probably 20 hours of film yeah. a week? Jeez. <laughs> this on his own, that's not me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, he said he couldn't even put a number. Like, it would be impossible because he's even Saturday into Sunday mm-hmm. morning, there's mm-hmm. just like, how can I get more information? The more information I have, the better I will be equipped to beat that defense. And then you hear Tom talk about his preparation. He was even on Monday Night Manning last year. And I think he was playing Seattle the next week. And uh, Seattle was either on Monday Night Football. And there was a moment where Tom got lost. He, I, I think he forgot he was even on a fucking show because it was past his bedtime anyway, especially uh-huh. for a Monday night. He started like watching the film real quick. The defense had like a, a sky shot on like the defense. And you see him like almost get like intoxicated mm-hmm. with the film real quick and then he like snaps out of it and then he's like back into the conversation. I've just always heard that the greats are all film junkies. Can you become a film junkie? I guess is what we're going to find out with this whole thing. But everybody was alarmed and perturbed. And my second follow-up was, or my second thought was, who leaked this? Yeah. No, there's nobody that wants this information out there. And Ian Rapport said, you know, he already, he already does four hours independent mm, study. They just wanted well, to commit to okay. it long term. It's like, all right, well, this has never happened in the history of football. Uh, this clause mm-hmm. to do four hours. And if they just wanted to hammer it home, why didn't they put 10 hours? Yeah. You yeah. know, like what? It's 20. just, and with the way iPads are, the modern iPads, um, like, you know exactly how much everybody watches. And to Jason McCourty's point, like, if that's what Kyler's been able to accomplish with not having yeah. a fucking clue what's going on and not being able to look for things himself, and maybe he doesn't know how to watch films, so maybe they should get him a guy to sit with him and break down film with him so that he can see it as an advantage as opposed to more work. Maybe he'll get excited to break down a defense that he's about to slaughter on a Sunday as opposed to sniping somebody out of a helicopter uh-huh. on Call of Duty. Maybe this is something that they can do. So this clause, in the end, hopefully will take Kyler to that next level, but fucking alarming, I think, for everybody, including Cardinals fans who are like, wait, you publicly said we want the biggest contract of all time kind of held the organization hostage oh yeah kind of kind of like publicly said hey your team stunk without us and they had to have known because the ipad still exactly and then they're like all right hey here's a meet in the middle if you can commit more than just what you do here in the day like every other quarterback that has ever won a super bowl basically we will do this deal he committed to it they committed to it we'll see how it pans out in four years well i think to your point too though it's like if you're insanely talented like he is like physically gifted athletically gifted like you can go 11 and 6 you can go 10 and 7 like you can absolutely do that but if you're that four hours is the bare minimum. It's like, hey, we want you to do the yes. bare minimum of your job. Hey, it stinks too, by the way. For sure. But it stinks. There's only a couple people that have your job, though. But you look at guys like Peyton and Tom and Aaron who have talked about it. Like, you you can absolutely gain stuff from watching film and watching a bunch of film and being prepared. And it's like, at a certain point, you probably have to do that when you get late into the playoffs when those teams know exactly what you're trying to do and you can't just rely on, I can throw a bomb here or I can fucking pick up the first down with my feet. Like, eventually, you're going to have to kind of outsmart them. Two and four, two and three, two and three down the stretch. Let's see what happens next year.
What does J.J. Watt think of this? He's So that's what I'm wondering. Like, how many of the teammates heard about this? Jason McCourty talked about what are the ramifications across the locker room? Like, did yeah. everybody know that this guy? Because you could easily see how some people would be like, you disrespectful. Yeah. Guy. I commit my entire life to this. My entire Some of those older guys, like, hey, we came out here because of how good you were. Do you, I get three hours of PT three times a week just so yeah. I can do practice in a game. It's no fun. My body hurts like fucking hell. But we're in this together as a team. I thought we were doing this. So I I am that's why I think neither team neither side wanted this information out. I don't know. I don't think any either side wanted this out or whatever. Yeah. Well they talk about it too. Like it just kind of highlights like the immaturity. Like when you have to put in there like he's watching film. He's not watching film and playing video games. Or face, it's like are you fucking kidding hole? me? This guy's he's making hundred and sixty million dollars he's a quarterback in the nfl like it's crazy but he's really fucking good yes yeah. absolutely think about, think about him just oh, i'll show up i'll go through the meetings all right what if i don't get it right on the test on saturday you're not you're gonna start me i'm a ball and then um if this doesn't work i'll go play professional baseball mm-hmm. and probably fucking get paid there mm-hmm. <laughs> And then I'm also going to be a professional Call of Duty player, which is another gig that just pays well. Kyler Murray is just maybe the most chill dude of all time. Yeah. That just bounces around being great at shit that you're not supposed to be great at. I hope this clause takes him to the fucking, yeah. to the moon. It'd be incredible. His size, the amount of information that he could potentially gain from his own, like, oh, I've realized that when I have this setup that maybe a coach can't see, uh, how do we get to this point? Well, this guy likes to do this, and then we could do this. How about when this guy's hands, you know, the wide of his knuckles or the red of his knuckles, you know? Everybody remembers that from Remember the Titans. But there is so much information that you can just continue to store and gain through film study um, that I've heard about. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't fucking have a clue how to watch yeah. a film like a quarterback. I would have no idea. So they should probably get somebody to be like, hey, Kyle, these are things you should potentially well, be looking for. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm intrigued to hear his teammates' thoughts on it all. It, is, was Colt the backup? Is Colt McCoy the backup? Yeah, there? he I mean, was. He's, he's been in the league a long time. He's been a, he's been a backup for a long time, and he's been a good backup for a long time. I assume he's if, – if the coaching staff asked or if Kyler asked, he would teach Kyler how to watch film. I would hope. Yeah, but how long? hundred. It could be defaulted. His contract could be defaulted. Yeah, hundred some million dollars gone if he doesn't. It's in. I read the fucking thing. It's the bottom one. Default. Yeah. You could be found in default. That's like the whole contract could basically go. Which means it's a serious issue because you yes. wouldn't put that in there if it wasn't. Yeah. Well, and how yes. long is it, is it going to take for it to like actually register with it? Like I assume Mahomes was watching film the first couple of years, and he said last year, like I'm just now figuring out how to like decipher defenses in the game. So like even if he's watching four hours of film a week, like is he going to get it all of a sudden that like oh this is going to transition do, perfectly in the game? And do the if he does five hours one week, he do three hours the next week does that count? is there carryover is there discounts oh, rollover minutes yeah bye week doesn't have to it's in there okay monday after uh the season begins to when the season is over like right. the, the way it's worded is hilarious and now uh, he, he always does it yeah not good all right doubtful imagine if they put that in there for joey burrows thing I think Joey's big time mm-hmm. film guy from from sure. everything I've heard, or Mac Jones in there. Yeah, how disrespected would they feel? I think it'd just be like Mac that. Jones would feel so fucking disrespected. Yeah. I think like if you put that in Peyton's or Tom's, and be like, hey, by the way, need four hours of 
independent film studies. Like, Get the fuck. I, I'll do however much I want to fuck it. Yeah. Like, they're like, know? all right, fine. Make it 40. Yeah. No, I don't think they say make it 40. I think they say, hey, why don't you fucking watch film for when I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So them saying, like, he already does this. It's like, well, then Kyler should be fucking offended then. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, ah, wild. Because that team is awesome. Mm -hmm. That team is in one of the nicest cities on planet Earth. That city has an owner that's going all in. They got studs on that team. They're hosting the Super Bowl next year. I don't like hearing this about Kyler, but hey, Kyler's going to grow, and that's why clauses happen. Let's ride. Let's ride an hour or two with a man from Ohio that shall be introduced immediately following. The Toxic Table gets there. Praise that Ty Schmidt at Boston Connor. You guys look good. No bull. Hey, thank you. You no look bull. good. No bull. No, no, no bull on your side. No, There's no no bull ever here. No, there's no bull in this room, I don't think. Oh, right. in the whole Pat. room? Yeah. A lot of bull, though. We've gotten some things wrong, but not anymore. What? You know why? Because the offseason is behind us. Yeah. The NFL is right around the corner. I believe there's a game next week. All 32 teams have checked in to try to win a Lombardi at Tone Diggs Hammer Don, Don. Cowboy uh, this should be a holiday almost I yeah. feel like we are celebrating this as such and it should be a holiday for the entire country that's had to wade through sports that we don't really care about but had to gamble on had to get through I woke up you know and I didn't have to snooze today I said whoa we're, we're reporting today. I even started a diet today because if the Steelers going to training camp, I'm going to training camp. But not only did you and I and, and everyone know that this is a big day, but fucking Mother Nature knew it was a big day. You talked about it earlier. Woke oh, up and there was a little Christmas. fucking football. There was a little chill in the air. It was like oh. nice fucking brisk. So it's not going to be 110 like the middle of summer today? No, you can uh, smell it. Smell it's going to be a little smell fall. football was in the air. Oh, what? It's fucking hot and muggy every day. We may what? have gotten a little respite this morning. When we leave tonight, it's going to be no, uncomfortable. Check the five-day, no, no, five no. my friend. No. It is. Bro, we're football yeah. weather. Yeah, I colder. hope so. We are in football weather. What? I hope so. It's like a high 78 this week. It's me. Speaking of football weather, a man who brings it everywhere he walks, he gets dropped in the middle of a golf course. People say, look at that fucking football player. Yeah. He gets dropped in the middle of Europe. They say, look at that American football stooge football player. <laughs> Intimidating. Then if you dig deeper, you go, that guy's probably from fucking Ohio. Probably. Yeah. He is. Ladies and gentlemen, the face of that state. A man who's a Super Bowl champion, a college football national champion, a Ryder Cup champion, and a COVID survivor. AJ Hawk. Yeah. AJ! Oh. AJ, how you doing? Oh, great. Happy Tuesday. How are you guys? Hey, happy Tuesday to you. Everybody's in training camp. Why do you what? have that trophy in the background the whole time? What? The basketball one. Has that always been there? Larry O'Brien, I earned it. Yeah. Baby right. Larry. Fair enough. Okay. I went to a tournament in the offseason uh, a couple weeks ago, and I earned that thing. You should have seen the jumper got wet. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It was super. It was, that was actually Splash. the size of the basketball that I was shooting. TBT? Mm-hmm. Just got high. It wasn't TBT. Best Virginia's going to win that one, though, by the way. Probably. Best Virginia's going to win the TBT. <gasps> Nonetheless, it's there just to remind you that I... And the boys have just accrued a lot of titles That's in our time. And mm-hmm. although yours are fake, ours are real. Uh-huh. Let's move into a real conversation. Your training camp begins. How pumped were you to see Aaron show up in a way that he did, huh? A little Con Air tribute, maybe a deeper story about being able to get off the plane into freedom mm-hmm. or go back on and save a pal. That's right. Is that what he's doing? You know, hey, I could have gone into freedom. I could have been traveling the world, reading books. Getting tattoos and mm-hmm. hungry, doing all that. I could, but I'm coming back again because I got a lot of family in that plane. I got a lot of family in Green Bay, and I want to go win. And this means, hey, Aaron's confident. 
He's going to be three-time MVP, back-to-back-to-back, uh, make it a five-time MVP, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, and uh, they're going to win Super Bowl. Is that what you got from his arrival today, dressed up uh, fantastically? Well, I don't know uh, like the what it's representing exactly. I didn't think about, like, you know, his Nicolas Cage's character, Cameron Poe, was at a very, like, high, like, moral you know, standing, he always is trying to help people out and do the right thing. So maybe, maybe there's a little more than we think. I mean, the tucked in beater, he looks, looks good. We saw him out in Tahoe with his hair like that. I'm like, man, you, you are Nick Cage right now. So I, I think this is going to not only help Aaron's career, I'm hoping this gives Nick Cage a big bump too. Yeah. Well, not just Nick Cage getting a bump and congrats to him. Just like, yeah. Up, Nick? Scott Stapp got a little bit of a bump. Sure. And then right. Aaron mentioned, you know, <laughs> yep. him saving the day. But you mentioned the beater. That is a beater, by the way. This is a tank top. Now it makes sense? I see the difference, yes. Okay, cool. I'm happy yeah. we could all do that. All right. Well, all right hey, let's go. Here we go. Huh? Tank, top, tank top is loose. Boom. That's good. Yeah, T-top is here for good times, good vibes. You the need b- to wear the spaghetti strap, though, like the bodybuilders. Oh, in the back? Although, tight one. I actually got one of the rocks from Dick's, uh-huh. and yeah, uh, it has like a tight little thing. It just comes into the middle, into the back, though, and it kind of pulls. <laughs> it's bad. not really comfortable mm. as a T-top. But if I was... You know. Right. Moving yeah. iron. Yeah, if I cool. was out there building a bod, which speaking of, Aaron's traps look ridiculous. Put that photo back up, Mitt, from his from his Instagram. You see these traps? Ooh. What's he been doing? Shrugging new tattoos, Paul? He's ready to go, AJ. Yeah, hadn't he been talking about his big off-season trap workouts? That, like, that's going to be what puts him over the top, what, year 20, wherever he is now? Traps and calves, Aaron Rodgers ready to go, mm-hmm. ready to sling the rock, sling the pigskin. Uh, we got to see him throw a couple footballs out of okay. American uh-huh. Century. Seems to be throwing darts. Tight spot. Look for one of those net videos to drop very soon. Yep. That's when we'll know training camp is in full bloom. AJ, I want to get your thoughts on uh, the Kyler Murray four-hour of independent film study clause. Uh, for an NFL quarterback that just got $160 million guaranteed. I think if we go back to the beginning of this, where Eric Burkhart, who is Kyler's agent, kind of publicly negotiated with the Cardinals, putting them, you know, in checkmate almost. Like, kind of hold them hostage. Like, hey, are you bad people? Your team was bad before him. Are you going to pay him fair value publicly just a couple days before they had to speak at the Combine? It was great business leverage. Great business negotiation. Inevitably got Kyler Murray paid. Uh, But this clause being added in there, the Cardinals, during that open tweet from Eric Burkhardt, and then that press conference, they could have, right? They could have very easily been like, we think Kyler's a great, great player. Uh-huh. But with modern technology, we know exactly how much time he is investing in our program, in our team, in our championships, as soon as he leaves the building. And we're here to tell you, zero hours of film is watched alone by Kyler Murray. Go ahead and look up how many hours of film are being watched by any quarterback that has ever had actual success in the NFL. In a world in which everybody has a high football IQ and the highest of football IQs have actual success, Kyler Murray, for whatever the blueprint that has been laid in front of him, chooses not to take it because of how damn good he is. We will pay him accordingly. And what if they did that? Right, well, they they could have they could have very easily did that to answer old Burkhart's thing. They did not. Now Cliff's been on the show. Steve's been on the show. Kyler's also been on the show. Uh-huh. I'm a big uh-huh. Cardinals fan. But if I'm in that locker room hearing about that clause yesterday on the internet, I'm like, what the fuck? What 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 is what is going on here? Because I think people just assume that an NFL quarterback, especially one that's as good as Kyler is and has the chance to be as great as Kyler can be, you just assume they're watching everything they could possibly do to become a better player, don't you? 
Yeah, obviously, the fact that it's in there, that even it was brought up, which I assume the team came to Kyler's agent and said, hey, we, we want this addendum in there. And we, also, it being an addendum and not being like an incentive, like, hey, if he doesn't do this, he's going to miss out on his $500,000 workout bonus, something like that. That's what, That would have been a big deal to me, too. But now you're trying to say, hey, if, hundreds of good luck ever coming back at him and saying, hey, you didn't. You we actually yeah we we did our research we we tapped into your uh, your iPad's camera and your your film was running but you were playing video games like they're gonna come back at him and try to void the whole contract on something like that. So what Kyler should do if he does really just not want to watch film, okay? I got to go press fast forward and rewind for you. Yeah, just have somebody else watch the actual film and just have that be their job while you do your thing, mm-hmm. and then it'll appear in the program. Yeah, maybe. You know what? Honestly, have that not it would it can knock out many things. Maybe Kyler just that's not who he is. He's not going to sit down and watch that. Have somebody he really likes and trusts watch the stuff, and then kind of put it into like Cliff's notes for him and tell him, "Hey, here's the big things you need to look for." Yeah, because that's what the coaches are doing whenever you're in meetings and what everybody what this that's is what they're doing for twenty hours at the facility. Hopefully, they have some good stuff for you when you show up Wednesday morning. Boom! That is what the NFL coaches do. What this is about is when he's outside the building, the extra work, you know, adding in a little well, bit. Be a pro. More. That's what's crazy, though. Be a pro. That's all it means. When coaches say, hey, be a pro. And it doesn't, like, you can't equate hours of film study to success on the field. You can't say, oh, hey, look at this. Peyton Manning, he had 75 hours this week, and they won the game. The, week, <laughs> the next week, he only had 40 hours, and they lost. Huh? Is it a coincidence? I don't think so. Like, that's what a terrible coach would tell you. Like, that's I, not how it works. I concur, but I think it's all about, like, just investing like if yeah, you, that's what. It, yeah. yeah, it's not even about the film to me. It's not even about the four hours and all of it. It's just the fact that it's in there and they had to do it and they felt that this is the guy to lead the franchise, which he is. I mean, the guy's generational talent. What he can do is awesome. So I guess this is a good thing for Cardinals fans because they're saying, hey, maybe Kyle will wake up a little bit and you know, access a whole new facet to his game. Hey, you should. You guys see how good Kyler's been? You all bought these season tickets and got all the jerseys. We know. Yeah, we know. This motherfucker has no idea what the other team's doing. <laughs> yeah. He has no clue. He's just out there. This is just. This is literally pickup ball that Kyler's playing in the NFL. Uh, we added this addendum that can cost him a hundred some million dollars guaranteed. By the way. And they do have the technology to be able to track how much you're watching. I think if you're just playing straight through, if there's any pauses, I think that is all. I think it's very easily found. Uh, by they, who's gonna, who has to waste time to check on Kyler's hours every week? I'm sure somebody is, dude. Hundred oh, yeah. some million dollars. Hundred some million dollars. But if he's okay, let's say the first through the first eight weeks of the season, they go eight and zero, and Kyler is lighting it up, and he doesn't. They can check. Hey, this dude left his iPad in his locker every single night. Now what do you do? Well, that's not been the issue. The beginning of the seasons have never been the issue. Yeah, yeah, it's actually the end of the season when everybody else seems to get smarter, and he does not. I, I think. Like, not every position, uh, there's film junkies. Like, not every person is a film junkie at every position. That's just not reality. It's not real. There's a lot of gamers. There's a lot of feel. There's a lot of guys that want to know less. I'd actually rather not think about anything. Just give me less. But at the quarterback position, just if if they – and Ian Rapport followed up today and he said that – he said, you know, Kyler already does this. They just wanted to make sure, you that know, it's in writing. It is weird. And whoever leaked this information, by the way, was wrong. You know, if yeah. it was the team that leaked it, not a good move. If it was Kyler and his agent that leaked it, not a good move. They're, nobody wanted this information out. It got out because I guess all information gets out these days. So even though they were able to hold in the trade of Hollywood Brown for like yeah. three weeks. Yeah. yeah. So whatever. The contracts get uploaded, though. Don't they put everybody's contract on like the NFLPA website, I think, and everyone can go through it. Oh, do they? Is that real? 
I assume I assume that's where like Ian is the one that broke this the news though, right? About it. I believe I've seen like tweets from like Floyer or something like that. Like I'll wait for the contract to come out and I'll read through yeah. it and then we'll see or whatever. Oh, so this is going to get out regardless. Yeah, it feels. Yeah, like, I, I thought so. I thought it might be. So they definitely like knew that then going into the negotiations. Has there ever been anything like this ever done no. in a contract? No, allegedly, I don't know who just tweeted it, but <clears throat> they've covered the game for however long, and they reached out to like 30 coaches and whatever execs, and nobody has said that they've ever heard of this before. So that leads me to this point. Like, if Ian Rapport said that he's already doing that, Kyler should have felt disrespected then, right? Like, he should have been like, hey, fuck you. Imagine if they go to um, – imagine if they were to go to, like, Tom or Peyton <laughs> – or any of these other guys, like, hey, also never been done before. Uh, at least four hours of men outside the uh, facility you're oh, watching man. film. Hey, fuck you. How about that? That like that would be their response, I think. Right? I'm not. I'm not harming. Dude, like, what are you? Ta- am I a fifth grader? That's what they'd say. Like, what are you talking about? I'm a, I'm an adult professional athlete. Yeah. How, how much film are you fucking watching? How about that? But maybe they did. They was this like something that they were willing. The, the hill that they're willing to die on where the Cardinals saying, hey, you better sign this addendum. Was it the last thing holding up the contract? I would assume they'd say, hey, if you want us to pay you like a fucking guy, you're going to have to at least somewhat act like a fucking guy. I get it. I get them doing it. I get them wanting to do it or wanting him to be more engaged or more involved or whatever, especially the end of the season, whatever's going on there. But I don't think you have to put it in the contract. I think you can have some conversations throughout the contract Throughout the process, like, hey, man, we need to make sure we need to know he's invested with us. Dude, you know how these billionaires operate? Yeah. I mean, I just think it's, it's a hundred million dollars plus guaranteed money. And there's okay, but you're telling me, all right, you think so? They think, hey, good news is if Kyler watches at least four hours of film on his own every week, we'll be fine. We'll be great. We won't have any issues. Yeah, we'll go to the Super Bowl, they think. Oh, okay. My bad. Arizona. That gives them a chance, <laughs> I guess. I get them. I understand them wanting to do this. I just. I don't. I, I think like didn't McCordy say like we're going to talk about it all year? Aren't people going to go? Oh, I oh, guess yeah. Kyler yes. must have got some five, maybe six hours this week. As a Kyler Murray fan, I'm excited to see him like, you know, go. potentially potentially know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, he's gonna, you know, yeah. like I'm pretty excited for that. Like if this guy, you know, like I'm pretty pumped to watch what Kyler becomes here. Now, granted, D Hop gets hurt end of the last year. That's a tough way to finish the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, per, first two years he's young, but the way the game, the seasons have gone at the end in the games that matter the most, with the most amount of eyes on him. As somebody that watches every game Kyler plays, because how much I'm a fucking fan, I think he will show himself to be a much better quarterback if he is forced to watch four. Four hours of extra film every single week. Osmosis will hopefully make him a better, knowledgeable quarterback so they can go on a win because Phoenix is an awesome city. They deserve it. Joining us now from a completely different sport, friend of the program, World Series champion, all-star, huh? Just got the all-star game. Mm -hmm. Absolute stud for the Atlanta Braves, ladies and gentlemen, Dansby Swanson. Bro. Hey, everybody. You have such good hair. You hear that all the time. You look, you look like one of those influencers, either on YouTube or TikTok, who's like super handsome with uh-huh. the hair that's able to just do that. That's what you look like right now, Dansby. Well, I thought about wearing a hat, but I figured you'd want to see the hair. So I just uh, I left the hat off hey, just let, for you. Let that flow, you know, flow mm-hmm. anytime you can. How is the season right now? You guys, are you miserably tired already? At, at what point do professional baseball players say, Oh, this season is so fucking long. Are you in that right now, I assume? Because what? All-Star break just happened, yeah. yep. and there's another 80-some games, oh, right? Yeah. Yep. So, so that's yeah. at least – is this a time that's a mental fatigue time for everybody, or do you just get past it as you grow older? It's a combo of both, right? Like 
July, especially being in Atlanta, July is super hot. <laughs> so oh, yeah. uh, it's hot. You never know how many rainstorms you're going to have, how many rain delays. Uh, so July and August can kind of be somewhat like the dog days. But we always say like the Braves, we, we thrive on adversity. Like this is this is what we love. This is what we do. Uh, and we just we feel like we keep getting better, you know, as we go. That's just kind of the more you do it, the more you just continue to grow like in strength as you go. And that's kind of the mode that we're getting in. Let's go. What was the uh, what was your all star experience like? Was it what you expected? All right, so I I had the craziest schedule out of everybody. Um, so my Shohei, Mal- yeah, so crazier than Shohei. So you got to listen to the schedule. I don't know Shohei's schedule. So. <laughs> yeah, <it's probably> <laughs> so, so so Sunday we were in D.C. Um, all the guys that were in the game, the Braves chartered a flight from D.C. to L.A. and Mallory, my fiance, plays for the U.S. Women's National Team, and they had a their like Concacaf Championship down. In- we won! Uh-huh. We won! Celebration! Yeah. <laughs> Penalty, I believe, Alex Morgan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I like got special permission basically to be able to miss the first day of All Star stuff on Monday, uh, which was when their championship game was. So I flew from D.C. back home to Atlanta, hopped on a flight Monday morning from Atlanta to go down to Monterey, Mexico. So I go down to Monterey, spend the whole day down there, get to spend some time with her, watch her game. We woke up the next morning at like 3.30 in the morning. Like we got like three hours of sleep. Got on a flight from Monterey to L.A. So I flew out to L.A., landed in L.A. around 7.30, and then had to start getting ready for the day. So, like, we had red carpet stuff. Oh. I don't know how she did it. Like, because I didn't play. I didn't run, you know, 10 miles the night before. Oh, I was just a yards. spectator. <laughs> so, yeah, I told her. I always tell her, I'm like, if I played soccer, I'd run on the field, then run right back off. Like, that, that would be the extent of my uh, playing career. Yeah, well, baseball, uh, complete opposite of the soccer, right? You lost lot of standing. A lot of standing. Need yeah. to be explosive quickly. A lot of standing, though, right? Yeah, a lot of standing. Uh, she gives me a hard time every time, but so then we went to LA, did the whole thing in LA. She had a, like a little Gatorade shoot. She was doing the next morning out there. So we stayed, did that and then flew back home to Atlanta that evening. So I had four flights in four days. It was, uh, worth every penny. It was mayhem, but it was like something that I will cherish because I never get to watch her really play for the national team because we have the same season and we don't, you know, we don't get time off because we play so much. So being able to go watch her do her thing, like in a, in a big stage like that was, was pretty awesome. That's awesome. So you got a chance to have a hell of a four days with a champion mm-hmm. and an all-star experience. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Hey, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. You live in? Now you're on a little bit of a hangover, obviously celebrating the CONCACAFA championship, uh-huh. uh, obviously celebrating the all-star game. Do you guys like the all-star game or hate the all-star game in baseball? Because each sport is kind of viewed uh, differently. Do you guys enjoy the, the pageantry and the setup? That home run derby looks like a terrible idea. As a fan, I like it, but that has to be so fucking exhausting for those guys. Do you enjoy the whole experience or think you could do different or what? I, I mean, I think that there's definitely some adjustments that could be made uh, <laughs> just because, the, I mean, the season, like I said, the season's so long that, that you cherish, like, those days to be able to kind of, like, get some rest and recovery. Uh, and obviously, like, it's an honor to be able to be, of course. you know, selected as an all-star and the whole thing. 
Um, but we always kind of say like, if they gave even just like an extra day, you know, for guys to be able to, you know, be able to get like two or three days to be able to relax, um, that'd be great. Uh, but it, I will say my favorite part about it was getting to know like guys that you play against because there's some guys that on some other team, you're like, man, I don't know if I like that guy. And then you get in the locker room with them and you're like, this dude's awesome. Like he's super funny. You know, he's a great dude to have around. Uh, and you'd never have that chance otherwise. So good camaraderie schedules, a little fuckery. Maybe let us take a nap. Let's move on. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I like that. Where are you at right now? Philly. Okay. How long are you there for? When's the next time you're in your bed? Uh, this is actually a short road trip. This is just three days. So I'll be back uh, tomorrow night. So then you're in home for a homestand and then you're on the road again? Home, yeah. Yeah. It's basically like the easiest way to look at it is like home for a week, away for a week. Oh, you're like a nurse, right? And on sure. for yeah. a yeah. certain amount of days, mm-hmm. off for a certain right. amount of days. Yeah, firefighter, two on, two off, or whatever the whole deal is. Um, is there some places that are the worst, like hotel? Are you always in nice hotels and everything like that? Or is there always s- in nice hotels. The one in Philly oh. might be the nicest, honestly. Oh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You're living yeah. good. You're living good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's nice here. It's nice. You got to get. Yeah, go ahead, AJ. Do you have to get different hotels because you, certain studs want to have, like, the main suite? So, like, this guy's got to go in this hotel suite. You take the presidential suite down the road? No. I I, I honestly don't care about being in a suite. Yeah. Like, just give me a, a, a king bed. Let me save a little bit of my extra money. You know, let me just get my sleep and uh, uh, be able to get ready for the day. Because, I mean, shoot, we're at the field for, you know, our bus is at pretty much 2.30 every day going to the field. We play at 7.00. So we're at the field all day. So it's not, you know, you're not spending much time in your room. So, What is that, BP? BP, then some, do you practice during the days before the games? And there ever a practice you've had where you're like, oh, I'm fucked tonight. Does that happen? <laughs> no, no. So what's funny about that is if you have a bad BP, you're guaranteed to go off in the game. That's just how it works. <laughs> like if you have a good BP, you might as well mail it in that night because <laughs> things aren't going good. What is the difference between good night and bad night? Not seeing the ball, just something's not clicking? What do you think it is between, like, because what? It's a failing sport. You're going to mm-hmm. fail so much. Yeah. How come, like, some days you're on, some days you're off, you think, in baseball? Sometimes you see a guy good. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you hit the pitches you're supposed to. Sometimes you foul them off, like round ball, round bat, hard game. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes people, they just, like, are dotting pitches on you and there's nothing you can do like uh, it just sometimes people are really good sometimes people aren't and you just try and obviously take advantage of each one that you get and that's what we always say like when we get a uh like if you like break your bat and get a base hit on it which you shouldn't but you do i, I always ask guys i'm like you you take that you take that hit right there and they're oh. like hey 200 200 more of them baby like i'll take every <laughs> single one of them that i can get oh so that's like a bank that's like a bank in basketball yeah oh yeah oh yeah it went in they don't. They don't ask. Hey, that's like a field goal. How. Hey, a field goal hitting off the upright. How. That fucker's in. Who <laughs> yeah. cares? Right. Yeah, it's three yeah, points. Did, did three. I get? Yeah, did did we get three points or did we not? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Everybody needs shit. Yeah, Vinatieri was the best. Vinatieri did not give a fuck how it went through. If it went through, we are on to the next one. There are right. some like, guys. I did that, my job. Yeah, there are some guys though that are like, oh man, I didn't hit that thing perfectly end over end, and they like beat themselves up for a make, and it's like, I. 
you must be terrible to live with. <laughs> you know, like I couldn't even, I couldn't even imagine that. Uh, Ty, your question. Dansby, uh, with the news of Kyler Murray signing his new contract and like not watching, you know, film or having to watch at least four hours outside of the facility. We were talking before the show today, and I feel like uh, guys have always watched film in the MLB, but more recently, you'll see like you know, after a guy's at bat, he'll come into the dugout and go right to the iPad and like look at the pit. How much actual film are you watching on guys like during the week? Is that a big part of the game now that you're seeing so many different pitchers and you have all these at-bats that are recorded? Like how, how much actual film study goes into like a, an average week? Here we go. Four Ooh, hours? That's a good four question. hours? Four hours? No, no, no. That's way too much. Uh, wow. it's, it's a different game because we play every day, right? Like we don't get a week, a week of prep um, to where, you know, and, and Obviously, being a huge sports fan, like you feel like quarterbacks are, uh, hey, that's a, not a bad setup. Not a bad setup. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Quarterbacks, you know, they got to know the ins and outs of everybody and what everybody's supposed to be doing. Uh, for me, like especially once you start facing the same guys a ton, you don't necessarily need to watch video on what they do. And I'm a big believer in like, if I do what I do best, then that's going to give me the best chance to succeed. So when I when I watch video. I basically look at if I'm getting started on time because if I get started late, you can't hit anything anyways. So, like, do I get started on time? And is, like, the timing of how my swing works, like, is it is it in good rhythm? And if it's not, then, like, those are, like, my two things of how I look at, you know, film and adjustments. And the other thing, too, that I like doing, because uh, obviously, like you said, we have iPads and stuff on the bench. I like to just see where the pitches were, like, if I thought a pitch was a certain place and you go and look at it and it's not there, you're like, Oh Lord, like I better, <laughs> I better lock it in a little bit because I thought that was, you know, low or outside and it's, you know, right on the plate. So that kind of just gives me a little bit of feedback. You jogging back onto the field, jumping over the chalk or whatever, going mm-hmm. to the, up. Hey, that's, that's on me. That was a strike. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, I, I've always, I've always been honest with umpires. Like if I get onto them about a pitch and if I'm wrong, I go tell them because it ain't going to do anybody you know any good if i go up there and i'm saying you know hey man like you were wrong and that's just that's not building a good relationship with that guy um and if, if it was a strike like he needs to know for our pitchers too right that, that he was right so he should call it when we're pitching hey <laughs> hey robot refs robot umps definitely needed for baseball terrible for no. baseball terrible, terrible come on wow awful come on awful. what's the biggest issue well, number one, so there's different, like, the box that is put on the screen is just not right, in my opinion. Oh, like, come. I see it every time. Yeah. It's always right. When I look at it, it's, it's always right. Yeah, but, it see, is. And, but, but the other thing is, so the box that they put on the screen isn't the same box that, like, the umpires look at after the game and how they get scored. So it's like there's a lot of, like, moving pieces. And if you were to ask, like there's not the the definition of like what a strike is hasn't changed since like the beginning of time. So it, it, until there's like a clear definition on what a strike actually is, I feel like you can't make it some type of like robotic, like oh it will it hit the line so technically it's a strike. Whereas and yeah, then the other thing too is they black. completely yeah. and now what it is. I mean I don't fucking even know baseball and that we're trying to completely do. completely devalues like the ability that catchers have. You know like catchers. Uh, there's such an added value to guys that can frame or they can we call it like presenting like can they present the pitch to an umpire to like get the best view possible it's not necessarily about making it look like a strike it's about giving the umpire the best view possible to be able to see 
if it was a ball or a strike. Does does the uh, does your union come to you, or is there any talk about that? Like, do they try to float that out there? They are they do want to replace the umps with robots or whatever AI. Uh, I, I don't know if it's gotten necessarily to that point. I know it's definitely something that I feel like MLB wants to do, probably because it just makes the game more, you know, less human error, more analytic-y. But I'm just I'm off on I'm off that. Like this is a human game, man. Like this is the most human game that there is like sports sports is like the true reality tv and baseball is like any given night anybody can beat anybody whether it's the best team in the league or the worst team in the league anybody can beat anybody just because there's so many variables that go into it and as soon as you start getting rid of those variables i feel like you start losing like the nature of what our game was created to do in the first place wow hey that was a deep speech right there right oh, yeah. hey, you, yeah. that was a, hey. hey if you if you want to play that back some other time you can <laughs> we will, hey, we'll run it as a commercial we'll, we'll remind people that those words came out in the fashion in which they did out of your mouth pal that was a really cool speech because that's like the nuance of baseball that is always talked about by the baseball people that i am not one of i did not grow up in baseball so like ty for instance big baseball guy so anytime we bring up something about it it's always like yeah but baseball is this this and this and which leads me to this is everybody still trying to cheat at all times every single at bat is that is that happening because what the spider tack thing was gone uh-huh. then the the juiced baseballs are now gone steal inside steal inside the garbage cans then the cameras in the back is that just a part of baseball just like hey if you can get an edge and they're not looking at it or looking for it that's on the other team not on you is that just a part of baseball you think it was the reaction by us outside of baseball to the shit that happened with the Astros justified or not you think in the in the realm of baseball chatter man that talk about a deep question um That's, hey hey we haven't won an emmy yet but fucking yeah. we're shoveling for it oh, yeah. <laughs> I know y'all we're are. digging deep uh I, the easy answer is i feel like in sports in general right like there's so much money that goes into it there's a lot of folks willing to do things to get the upper hand because of how much money is involved in the game that we play now i think they've done a lot of good things to like clean up uh, like I said, some of the sign stealing or things that uh, can kind of like jeopardize, like quote unquote, the integrity of the game. Um, I think, I think to me, when things are done that give you a, an unfair advantage that like someone else doesn't get, uh, you know, whether it's knowing every pitch that's coming, like those things are, are pretty extreme to me. Because um, if you guys I, know, I, hey, if, getting rid of. if you know what pitch is coming in the majors, if you're you're probably can, if you know what pitch is coming, that's a massive advantage, right? That, that is a huge, absolutely, yeah, that's absolutely. a big deal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But like, but like, you know, pitchers that tip pitches, right? Like they do something when they're going to throw a curveball, like you can see in their whether it's their body language or like they come set and their glove is like high up on a curveball and lower on a fastball, like. That's on them as a professional, right? Yes. It's just like it's just like a quarterback that uses the same cadence over and over again. It's like that's on them as a pro. Like they're giving the other team tidbits because they keep using the same cadence. Whereas if they're able to switch it up, like you got to be a pro in terms of how to eliminate giving the other team an advantage. You know, that's all. That's on you. You fucking love your sport, huh? Yeah. I do. I love all sports, man. I'm a sports junkie. Well, you want to watch NFL film for like 17 weeks, four hours a week, yeah. break down what you're seeing, let Kyler if know. I, what, if, I knew what I, if I knew what I was looking at. Yeah, well, I don't either. I don't think anybody – there's not a lot of people that can help Kyler, but we all know he has to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> he has to do it. Go ahead, tell him your question. Uh, Dan's been another deep one here, but it's hypothetical. Say, like, uh, you were maybe a free agent 
and another team offered you a big contract, and then there was a rumor that your team, the Braves, offered you a contract, but your agent didn't tell you about that contract. Allegedly. 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 Because the media's getting sued for that. A lot of lawsuits. What, what would your thoughts be? Wow, that is a deep one. Uh, oof. Put me on the spot big time. You can tell me to fuck I think, I think, I think at the end of the day, the entire – story was was a little blown out of proportion got it got it it did by like the way because look this idiot in cowboy hat just first thought was <laughs> uh-huh. this one i would like to ask you i mean that is the thing about baseball though as an outsider it feels like it doesn't crack into the world at this stage no offense you're fucking on you should be on every camera uh-huh. that they could potentially put you on you should be mic'd up yeah. for every inning you play you, not only because you're incredibly handsome and all-star but your fucking hair dessert. I mean, yeah, put a visor on this fucking uh-huh. guy. Then maybe that'll grow the sport. But anytime it cracks into the rest of the sports world, it's normally when something terrible happens, like a lot of drama. Baseball seems to bring a lot of drama. What do you think? Is that because of the season? Is that because of just how much money in business, how, how old school business is in some places? Why do you think that is the case, you think, for your sport? Well, I think, I think whenever, the, whenever stories do come out, it is always like – the negative repercussions of things that happen and to be honest to me i feel like that's just like news media in general these days right Super like every story negative. That you, yeah. yeah every story that you get is, is negative and it's like being conditioned to look at to blow the negative things you know up and not reward for doing good behavior you know it's like if your parents only ever got onto you for doing the wrong thing instead of like reinforcing like what it is that you should be doing more often okay. that's just i feel like that's just how I mean, are we getting are we getting deep today? Bro, <laughs> bro are you a doctor? Do you have a PhD, dude? Are you a doctor of philosophy? This fucking it's brain. College dropout, technically. Hell yeah. Me too, dude. Me, you, Steve Jobs, <laughs> Kanye West, what? Einstein. Great school, though. Oh, you went to Vandy? It's no West Virginia. Yeah, yeah it's definitely not to Harvard or West Virginia. <laughs> Bingo. That's certainly the case. A uh, lot of thinking time when you're on the road. Is that why? Is there a lot of deep thinkers in the baseball world? Man, I'll tell you one thing. So the best thing that we've done this year is uh, they set up like this breakfast room for us, basically, that's open from like 8 to 12. And a lot of us go down around like 11 o'clock and we just eat and sit and talk ball, like just sit and talk, whether it's stories, whether it's the, the previous game, whether it's like bouncing things off of each other, ideas, different ways to pitch, different ways to approach at bats, like just different things. Like there's so much knowledge being floated around all the time. Uh, it's, it's awesome to be able to like soak in because, you know, you obviously want to pass down those lessons and things like that to younger players, to whether it's rookies, whether it's, you know, kids that just got drafted. Uh, I've always, I've never been one to be like the, the old school guy of like, well, why would I help you? You're taking my job. Oh, I'm yeah. always looking at it in terms of like, if I help you and you help us and we win, that's literally all I care about. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> I just yeah. want to win. So if, if what I can say to you is going to help us win, then I'm going to tell you. Uh, go ahead, AJ. What, what's the coolest thing about playing for the Braves right now for you? We're nasty, dude. <laughs> 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 like, we're so good. And, uh, and I, there's such a, you know, Pat, you know this. Like when you show up to the field, and, like you have a firm belief that you're going to win that game each and every day, no matter who you're playing. Like that's an awesome feeling. Yeah, sorry about it. And I and I could imagine yeah, what it was like to, to do the opposite. And like I, the other thing that I love about our group is like we have a team full of guys that just want to win. You know, it's not just like sprinkled in. 
like the the vast vast majority if not everyone wants to win each night so when everyone's on that same page like you can't beat that because we we can work we can get down to business we can also enjoy ourselves um, it's just a lot of fun, man. What you guys have? You had a margarita machine last year. Oh, is yeah. that what that was? What you guys? You guys? No, we had an ice cream machine. Oh, we had an ice cream right? machine. I thought you guys were busy. And my like one request uh, after I won my arbitration case this year was that we get margarita machines. So whenever we go on the road, uh, like travel day, they basically have these margarita machines set up for us. So, Bud. all right, now we gotta. Hey, now we gotta go deep. You had an arbitration case. What was it about? Yeah. How does it work in your sport? In our sport, you go to like, um, you have to appeal. Then there's like a little baby trial. And then something is kind of way, uh, weighed down. The ruling is, what was yours? Yours for business or something you did on the field? You took a bat and hit somebody with it, got suspended? No, it's, to- it's, all, it's all about your contract. So uh, this is my last year, obviously, before free agency. And oh, this is my third year arbitration. Yo, yeah. let's go, cuz. You're about to be fucking like. Rich, rich. Hey, <laughs> yeah. not that you're not already. You're staying in very nice hotels in Philadelphia. I get it, but you're about to. Hey, let's go, dude. Good for you. Yeah. Thank deserve you. it. Thank you. You fucking deserve so, it, pal. Keep it going. So, how arbitration works is there's basically a deadline for you agreeing with your team on what your salary would be for the upcoming season. And if you can't agree on what that contract is going to look like, you go to arbitration. So, the team files a number. And the player files a hundred thousand. The team says we like to pay him a hundred thousand dollars. That's what they have. Does it have to be reasonable, or it can be anything? It can be. It can be anything. Now, I mean, I've seen, I've seen people go to arbitration over, you know, a million dollars. I've seen people go to arbitration over a hundred thousand dollars. So it's really just risk reward, like what it is that you feel, um, you know, you're trying to set yourself up with. And like for me this year, went to arbitration. The gap was. Uh, 800,000 and we basically were just arguing why I was worth a certain number and the team was trying to argue why I was worth a, another number which is super funny because you go to arbitration it's three arbiters who know nothing about baseball they're just like labor they're labor arbiters and your agency presents a case and then the team presents their case and when I tell you that they blast you dude like you come out of that meeting and it's it's almost comical because they're trying to prove that like you're the worst baseball player. Yeah, it's <laughs> pawn stars. They're, they're just, hey, it's pawn stars. It's pawn yeah. stars, yeah. and you're on the counter. And Rick's yeah. like, "Hey, so it's going to sit on the shelf. Ain't nobody like this guy. I mean, <laughs> we got nothing from him. Sorry about it. it we are 100 percent right. They're wrong. And then it goes to ruling. I assume. Yeah. So it's disgusting. Everybody talks about like being an adult and being professional. It's tough during those negotiations when you hear some things that are said, and it's like. Oh, motherfucker, I don't want to do a thing for you ever, yeah. ever again. <laughs> right. like, be an yeah. adult. Be prof- I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, hey, but, hey, it's just business. Yeah. It's just business. Yeah, yeah. don't take it personal. Oh, oh, oh. Sounded like, yeah. sound like a lot of personal shit livelihood. was being said right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, this is also my livelihood, though, too. You know, so, um, so basically the arbiters, they get together and they each put out the ruling. And they they don't pick a number in terms of like, Let's say somebody filed for two million and and the and the team filed for one million, they pick. So they don't say, Okay, you're worth one point four million. They There's just no say wiggle. Right. They just say either the team wins or the player wins. So you either get what you filed at or you get what they filed at. And you said, so. I want this money, I want margarita machine. What? And the arbiters were like, 
this guy seems like uh, he's one of us. He wants more. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a work. He's a working class guy. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> Woo! You sat through that whole thing or just agency? Yeah, it's like five hours. Oh, yes. hearing terrible yeah. things you about to, yourself. You have to sit. You have to sit through it. So, I was in. Uh, we do it over Zoom now, but I was basically in a suit and tie at the house and shorts. Just. Sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah, smart guy. In arbitration for margarita machine at the house on a Zoom. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Dansby, since you're in uh, Philadelphia, I got to ask, are you mentally preparing yourself for terrible questions in the clubhouse after, like Nick Castellanos, or are you just kind of used to it at this point? Uh, thankfully, the Atlanta folks and, like, our, our uh, beat reporters and writers and our media folks are, are easy to work with, thankfully. Uh, obviously, I've heard of stories of being a little bit differently in other places, but as far as everything that I know, it's been it's it's pretty smooth sailing for us. So. What is overall pretty. relationship, players, media, and baseball? Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, they come in the locker room before the uh, not before the game, but um, usually around like three forty-five, four o'clock, and they're in there for about thirty minutes, and then they come in after the game. So it's, I mean, it's not bad. It's really not. I never even thought of it until I heard this condescending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you hear those booze? <laughs> it's a stupid question. <laughs> Why? What, what do you, well, you were there. Do you think I heard it? Am I deaf? What, I mean, <laughs> I, do I make you laugh? Like, I enjoyed that answer out of him, by the way. And I am always it, it, on the side of players doing funny. that. But those media folks get so pissed off. Like, that guy was so mad that that was his response. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It, it, people, I just feel like everyone can always handle things better and then – People just try and start trying to like build their own case as to why they were right instead of just like looking at it like oh. from this perspective of like maybe could I answer it better, probably could ask a better question, like let's just all be a little bit better at our jobs and we'll move on. No, obviously you don't do drugs, but you do seem like a guy who has uh, you know, thought about some things from a higher altitude mm-hmm. feels and not that you would. I mean it's natural. Some people have it naturally. I do not. I have to sail the yeah the clouds, mm-hmm. you know, to get there. Sure. But you are an incredibly deep thinking human being, dude. I, you obviously know that. You think that's why you're uh, good at baseball? You're kind of calm all the time? Are you always chill? Are you an excitable guy? Do you lose your mind anytime? No, I'm I'm pretty chill most of the time. I Very competitive. So, like, in game, I get – I'm very, very competitive. Like, I, I hate losing. So, I, that, that can get – to me, it, dude, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because when I was watching Mal down in Mexico uh, last Monday, Mal. Uh, Alex Morgan's husband uh, was sitting right behind me, and we were chatting a little bit. And like, you know, in soccer, like there's a build up, and then someone shoots something on goal, and like they just miss, and everyone, you know, like freaks out. And I'm just like sitting there like this, like just like kind of like stone cold, just looking. And he just taps me. He's like. Dude, I'm gonna need a little bit more like emotion out of you. <laughs> I just started laughing. I'm like, man, if you were to do that in baseball, you would be worn out in the first month. Yeah, like, they're, they're, they're gonna to miss stay. eight of these ten shots. Right? <laughs> I mean, what are we even? This is like this. you gotta stay even keeled. But that's just kind of how I've learned to watch watch games and and play games. But obviously, like I've never been one to like suppress emotion in a game. Like if it's important that you can let emotion out, you just got to be able to like get back to a center ground you know like you can't just only live off emotion which football is different it's different like it's a, an emotional sport baseball dude if i mean you go over 10 and you're all in your head thinking about everything like you're gonna drive yourself up a wall 
Yeah, I was punter kicker, and I was too stupid to overthink everything. But there are some guys that are like super smart, and they're like things are going bad, and they were right. And then it just only got worse. I was just like, yeah. Ah! It'll go good at some point, and that kind of <laughs> that kind of got me. Law of averages. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to get back at some point here. Uh, we're talking to Dansby Swanson, obviously, incredible all-star Atlanta Brave uh, shortstop. Shortstop, that's a lot of action, right? Fucking shortstop, you yeah. do a lot. Yeah, yeah, I do a lot. How come you got a weaker arm than um, O'Neill Cruz? O'Neill Cruz. How come uh, is Pittsburgh this guy? <laughs> like, I because I don't have a cruise missile attached to my right arm, dude. Why don't I you did. find one, dude? Why don't you find one? <laughs> Come on. Did they bring up? He's. I'm from Pittsburgh. Uh, Pirates have stunk forever. If you'd like to sign with them and make that'd them a winner, awesome. that'd be great. I, well, we would have to give you the PPG building and some other shit because the ownership is not going to give you the amount of money you're worth. That's just neither here nor there. It's uh, our life. He shows up, though. This fucking guy, 6'7", running like a 4'2", in a 100-mile-an-hour ball. That, I don't even think about that. That's measured every year how fast you you're getting that over to man they measure everything these days dude i'm telling you it's all about like numbers and analytics now instead of like for me how i've always played it is if i can catch the ball throw it to where it needs to get to when it needs to get there that's all that matters no that's that doesn't that make sense dude no, throw faster. <laughs> that doesn't make right? sense like i remember i remember uh when i was in college we were doing like the whole kind of like scouting process you talk to the scouts from different teams and one team asked me, they're like, do you have a good arm? And I said, yeah, I do. And they go, why don't you ever use it? And I just, I just, I, I asked him, I asked him a question back. I said, are they out at first? And he looked at me kind of like, not dumbfounded, but kind of like perturbed that I would ask that. And he goes, well, yeah. And I said, so what does it matter? Yeah, <laughs> like, why does if, it? If, if they're out, that's all that matters, right? Like I said, when I need to you know, put something on it or need to show my arm, I will. But until that play comes about, then I'm good. Hey, that guy kept an eye on all those plays, though. Uh -huh. Let me see if this fucking guy doesn't get one over there fast enough. <laughs> I will remind well, I mean, you. hey, look at, look at like, uh, like there, I mean, there are quarterbacks in the NFL that don't have, like, tremendous arms. I mean. Okay, could you throw I, a football? I even talk about, like, can I? Yeah. yeah. Good? Yeah. Good? Yeah, yeah. I'm an athlete, dog. Come on now. How many threes? How many threes in high school? Hundred and what? Sixty-three or something like that? How many threes? Yeah, I can shoot it too now. Come on now. 165 threes in high school. You golf think golf golf swing struggling a little bit right now. Oh, wow. you stink at golf. That must be a real shame. This guy isn't even can, a good athlete. I can putt, but I can putt, but man, everything else is a little but you know, like I was saying, like obviously I'm a huge Matt Ryan fan. Go Colts now. Yes! Go Let's go, dude. Come to a game. Come to a game. Need you just be very calm and sweet away from everybody else so your energy doesn't affect anybody else uh, not being excited. But you know what I mean? Come to a game. But, that, but that's the one thing that, like, I never fully got about. Like, he always arm strength. I'm like, uh, yeah, but the I guy, like, throws darts, dude. Like, he puts it on the money. And very catchable pass. Like, I feel like that's an underrated part of how quarterbacks throw and everything. And it's on the money when it's supposed to be there. Like, what else? What else do you need? You He's know? going to win like, Super Bowl this year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Shaquille I, Leonard on defense. For his side? sake, yeah, for his right. sake, I hope he does. I hope, I'm a huge Matt Ryan fan. Are you coming to a game, dude? I know you get like what four off days in your entire year. Well, I'm, get, I'm getting I'm getting married this off season, so I don't know how much uh, downtime I'm going to have. Mal, I think I heard the name. Mal. Yeah, yeah, Mal. M A L. She's more athletic than you are. You guys are just going to create some. Uh... Hey, we we we've argued about that, but. I still argued about say that. that I am the better athlete. <laughs> oh, now, God. if we were to get on a treadmill, I'm getting body backed. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah I'm, I'm getting. I'll, I'll, I'll be dead.
But <sighs> soccer players are running forever. I mean, uh-huh. that's just a last question here. We can't thank you enough for joining us, dude. You baseball should be putting you everywhere. <laughs> Instead, they're going in arbitration, telling them how bad of a fucking baseball player. Come yes. on, baseball. it's unbelievable. Don't like it at all. It's Go ahead, truth. Talk. It's the truth. Dansby, as we get closer to the trade deadline, I know you've been traded before, and I don't think it was a deadline deal. I'm pretty sure it was before the season. But do you like do any guys like? Can you tell that like their assholes are maybe a little bit more puckered when you see hear all these names that are like potentially on the block? Like a lot of guys are going to get moved. Is that evident when you look around? It's like, oh shit, this guy is thinking that he might get traded, and he might. Well, most guys that are getting traded are usually not on good teams, so they're from my viewpoint is they're kind of pumped. <laughs> like <laughs> if I keep playing well, then I get traded to a team that's good and I can win. Like that, that's a good feeling. So. Guys on our team not concerned about it because we got a good team and you know our our team's set for the most part. But you know, guys on on other teams are you know excited for like a somewhat of like a new chapter to be in a, a place where they can potentially go win. I'm in a place now where I'm a baseball fan. I need your fucking jersey in here. I'm going to buy one. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you? No, I'm not. I'm going to wait till. Yeah, I can wait. never know. The pirates. Never know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, just text me the address and I'll send you. I'll, I'll send you some. Don't worry. That's I very nice you. of you. Philadelphia's yeah. got a little UPS or whatever over there. Mm-hmm. You send that thing from the road there. That's very <laughs> nice of you. I appreciate you. Uh, got this at a Yankee game? Yeah. Got this Yankee game. No big deal. Wow. I don't know if you ever heard of them. The fucking Yankees. Mm-hmm. Real baseball. Zito just clarified. This is actually a Braves ball. Oh. <laughs> hey, we appreciate the Braves for this Sweet. ball. Okay. Congrats, congrats on the, uh, what was his name? The guy, he worked for the Braves. He was playing the Yankees, though? Uh, no, he so he was like the equipment manager or something like that, and he sent us that ball. He was a big fan of the show. Hey, shout out to that guy. I don't know who he is. He's got a mullet, I think. I think because he has a mullet over there. He works for the Braves. I'm sure there's a big team in the back. I appreciate the hell out of you, man. Go get a nap. Go get a BP. Can't wait to watch the rest of the season. And excited to watch you get rich, Rich, dude. You deserve it. Ladies and gentlemen, Atlanta Braves All-Star World Series champion, Donsby Swanson. Thank you, man. now is a man who is always at 120 degrees. Mm-hmm. His life is spinning at a full clip at all times. This weekend, he will be celebrating the 30th season of The Ultimate Fighter coming to a conclusion Whoa. in a masterful main event of Peña versus Nunez 2. He is also obviously the founder of Fuck It Friday, the mm-hmm. president of the UFC, has deals everywhere, and every time he joins us, we can't thank him enough. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, Dana White. What's up, dude? What's up, buddy? <laughs> hey, before we get to this weekend, 30 fucking seasons. Hey. Wow. Hey, nothing lasts 30 seasons anymore. Look at you. You're a fucking entertainment mogul. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, crazy to think about that, actually. I uh, The first one seems like yesterday. And, uh, you know, obviously very instrumental in growing the sport, the brand, and... Uh, yeah, I love the Ultimate Fighter. Hell yeah, thirty years and of, and my Contender series starts tonight at five o'clock on ESPN Plus too. Look at go. you, hey! Look at Roll you! Look at you! You're like a, your own studio production guy. UFC is making what, fucking. What are we on? What's that? I think we're on six, seven, six? So, season. Oh, we're on season six or seven of the Contender series. Is that thirty-seven? 
seasons of entertainment that you have put. <laughs> I mean, let's go, dude. Unbelievable. Let's fucking get this guy yeah. an Emmy. Come on. Let's get him a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. Right? Uh, speaking of Lifetime Achievement uh, hey, your birthday's on Thursday. Happy birthday, dude. Yeah, Happy thank birthday, you. I appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Anything special for the birthdays now? Do no, you do no. I, I try to ignore my birthdays these days. Pretend it's not really happening. How come? So you can just keep working and not be a distraction? Well, I'm about to be 53. Who the fuck wants to be 53? <laughs> I mean. Better than the alternative. I mean, I mean, you keep doing the fucking Fridays. I mean, <laughs> yeah. keep doing the fucking Fridays. I ain't gonna live to sixty-three. <laughs> what, what do you think about you know the future? Because everybody knows you're rich, rich, right? We oh, all, yeah. hey, yeah, we know yeah. you're rich, rich. You deserve it, by the way. You worked your ass off for it. You fucking had a plan. You executed it. You kept working. You remained yourself, right? No sellout. You're about to be fucking fifty-three. Do you think about the future? Or are you so much in the moment at all times that you just kind of go from one thing to the next? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally into this. One thing that I, that I have done, and, and I think you saw it this summer, you know, my kids are like, my daughter's about to be 16 in August. My boys are 20 and 21. You know, I've been spending lots of time with them as much as I can, you know, because they're, they're in school and college. So I'm trying to, trying to get away with them as much as I've, I've been able to. But other than that, no, man, I, I, I love what I do. We're just cranking along here. We're, since since going through the pandemic, I mean, we're killing it. We're about to head into Dallas this weekend for our 21st straight sellout. We keep breaking every record that we have. We keep breaking fight night records, fight night records out of the country. Um, and the list goes on and on. And I love that shit. So I'm having a blast. You're in your prime right now. You're, you're, exactly. you're right there in your prime. You kind of got enough figured out about the business. You know what works, know what doesn't work. And your fans are so loyal and passionate. Like, in London over there this past weekend, getting a chance to watch, obviously, Meatball and Patty and the main event, and, you know, injuries are going to happen, I guess, in the sport, that type of stuff. But that arena over in London, and this, you're talking about Texas, it's the fifth time since the pandemic you've been in Texas. 23 sellouts, like, hey, you fucking did it, man. That That is not easy yeah. to do at all. What do you think about your fans, and what do you think was the thing that really got you guys over the hump to become this massive global brand? Do you think about that? Yeah, no, it's true. I, I, I love our fans. Our fans are crazy. Uh, you know, th they're, they're very engaging. Um, they're very passionate. They flip out about every little thing that's done or get crazy excited <laughs> about every little thing that's done. But I said it, and I'll say it again. If you've never been to an event in London, England, you have to check it out. Anywhere in England. It doesn't have to be just London. Anywhere in England, Ireland, the fans over there are awesome. I mean, it's such a unique cool experience to to, to uh, uh dave portnoy oh, from, yeah. from, was over there from barstool he was literally texting me the whole fight going holy shit this is insane this is one of the greatest sporting events i've ever been to and he loved it yeah it was also i mean he had the wig on mm -hmm. and i believe patty yeah. choked out cuzzy right in front yeah. of him and the mon the mono uh, monocle monocle and then the, the celebration like you have this ability and when i went to that one in uh, vegas after money in the bank i mean i walked in mason crosby was there sean white was there miles teller was there chris pratt was there Shaq was there obviously steve and the uh the full center no the note boys were all there i was very fortunate to be there it's it's just like uh it's become a thing you know and your events are fucking electrifying what do you expect from this weekend you know my balls is hot it's fighting uh -huh. <laughs> fucking can't wait to watch him get back in there but how do you continue to top yourself you think yeah we've been to dallas i mean we've been to texas five times like you said but this is the first time we've been back to dallas mm. since the pandemic so I, I expect 
you know, the same electricity I expected to be incredible. So I'm excited. And Dallas is a fun city. Oh, hey, good times. You ever go over to Fort Worth over there? I've never been to Fort Worth. Okay, so they got these fucking cows that just uh-huh. walk right down the middle of the street. They got these Texas Longhorns, Dana. They just walk right down the middle of the fucking street. And then some guy right out of the 1910s or maybe 1400s uh-huh. with this long-ass mustache, handlebar mustache, is on a horse behind it. Middle of the day, you're just walking down the street. Oh, this is Texas. Kind of what you end up saying. Oh, this is Texas right here. I would right. recommend stopping by, Dana. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah love you, it. Do you do anything how for far, fun? How far is Fort Worth from there? Uh, 45 minutes. I think everything's like 30, 45 minutes. The drive from Dallas? Yeah, yeah, I think it's like Dallas, Arlington, then like Fort Worth is over here. That's why it's like the the whole fucking yeah, thing. airport's in the middle. Yeah. I'll definitely check it out then. Oh, Absolutely. Cool. I'm glad you told me that. Bro, I was on top of a fucking bull at one point uh-huh. down there. <laughs> Teddy. I just out of nowhere had no idea I'm on a fucking bull in the middle of Texas. And it didn't have the 100 inches from tip to tip like the record breaker did, but still pretty good bull. What do you do for fun, Dana? Eat crazy foods on Fridays? <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I play blackjack, man. That's what I do. I either hang out with my kids or play blackjack. If I'm not doing, if I'm not working, I'm doing one of those two things. You only allowed to play at one place, too, right? What was it MGM? No, no, no. no. I can play. I can play at. Uh, first of all, place you should play at Caesars. Told That's you that amazing. before. That's what you said. Uh, you, I can play at Bellagio. I can play at um, Venetian and Mandalay Bay. So you do that plus one, minus one thing just right in your head? Have you always been able to do that or you just get good cards? <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's just, <laughs> it's just sort of a feel for the game. But the, the biggest thing, my, my, the biggest strategy that I have is well, don't sit around and just keep playing. I mean, that, that's the biggest mistake people make. If you walk into a casino and, and you have 100 bucks and you win a fucking 100 bucks, leave. Yeah. Nobody does that, though. Everybody goes to Vegas and, you know, they got this amount that they're willing to lose. Is it 2500 Is it 5000 You go in there with your buddies, you're all drinking, everybody's playing, you know, and they're not playing the right way, and they lose 2500 five grand, whatever their number is, and they're okay with that. Yeah, they got I'm Vegas. Okay I'm yeah. going there to win. Vegas. How'd you get into this? Have you always been a gambler? I know what you're a boxing trainer or something way back in the day, right? I don't think I know the exact story here. You grew up in Vegas, went over to the Northeast, and come back to Vegas. What? What is that? The proper path? Well, we well we came we we, we moved to to uh, Nevada from Massachusetts when in like 1978 or 79. Um, I was in fifth grade and we moved to Vegas. My mom was a nurse, and they were paying nurses more in Vegas than anywhere else in the country. So that's why we moved here. And, uh, yeah, once we got here and started getting around casinos, I became obsessed with it, yeah. Once you get into the fight game, same thing, whenever you're just a kid in Vegas, like boxing just became a thing, promotions became a thing, Tyson a big part of that, I assume? Yeah, yeah, so obviously the, all the stuff that would go on here as far as boxing when I was a kid, but I, I started all my career in boxing in Boston. Yeah, there's, there's a guy named Peter Welsh from South Boston, Massachusetts, and I came up under him. How'd you? So you went from Nevada back to Boston, got into boxing, and then would go back to Nevada again. Yeah, exactly. Because like Nick Khan, right? He's a Vegas kid, and uh, he is now co-CEO of the WWE. Congrats to him. Yeah. And yep. obviously he went in there, but I, he, we I chatted with him about you. You know, he was like, yeah, it's like a Vegas guy 
Dana, older than me, uh, a little bit older than me, made it like Dana was like an inspiration to him. It's like that was like cool to hear from him. who was so fucking impressive at what he does. He's like, yeah, Vegas right. guy made it before me, did the whole thing. So I think that Vegas community real tight, right? Even though there's just a bunch of blacked out white folks coming in and out every weekend. It's true. Uh, you know, back, back when I first moved here, there was like less than 250,000 people that lived in Las Vegas. So, yeah, it, it was a very tight knit community. What do you think about all the big name fights that are being teased on the internet and uh, ultimately it's your job to make them happen or not? Do you have to take what they say or what they don't say or do you just are you strictly gut feel on your own on your own end? No, I mean, we, we, we listen a lot to the fans and what the fans want to see. I mean, Mayweather McGregor was a fan built fight. Uh, you know, th that thing took on a life of its own. And I got to a point where I was like, all right, I got to make this thing happen. People want to see it. My job is to put on fights that people want to see. Steve Jobs said, though, people don't know what they want until you show them. You know, there's always <laughs> there's always a bunch of different things like Nate Diaz tweeting about wanting another fight. Did that affect him getting another fight that I think we are all oh, yeah. fucking pumped for in that whole thing? Was that a part of it or no? Well, Nate Diaz tweeting that he wants to fight Francis and Ganyo doesn't uh, do it for me. No, but, you know, yeah, you, you, you see the fighters, you know, asking for all kinds of crazy shit. So, you know, is that us? they want and then you got to do what makes sense, too. OK, so. uh, we have uh, one question for you here from a guy from Boston. Boston Connor, your question for Dana. Yeah, Dana, are you worried now that your gift of two hundred fifty thousand dollars got out to the note boys that that's kind of like your floor <laughs> when it comes to birthday? Hey, gifts my birthday was in May, dude. My birthday was in May, <laughs> May, May 2nd, May 2nd. You know what? I'm glad you asked me that question. Let me set this record straight. Oh. First of all, all these people on the Internet, go fuck yourself. Okay? <laughs> I the fuck I want to spend my money. Mind your own fucking business, number one. Number two, um, you know, if you look at what Kyle and the Nelk Boys have done as far as Howlerhead and a lot of other things that they've done, those kids have never asked me for anything ever. Never asked me for anything, and, and they, they couldn't be better people. Kyle has done so many things for me, and believe me, the $250,000 that I gave him for, for his birthday does not cover the amount of things that that kid has done for me. That's awesome. So... Uh, don't count other people's money and mind your own fucking business. <laughs> yeah, somehow you became an asshole when really it was one of the nicest friends gifts I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, yeah somehow this, oh, this piece of shit just gifted a friend of his 250. It's like, well, I think that's isn't that a nice gesture. Yeah. Pretty what, cool. what, what, what they act like, what, what these, and, and, and a lot of this is driven by the scumbag <laughs> MMA media. So what happens is, they act like there's this massive safe here at the UFC offices that says fighter pay on it. And I go in there and I just grab whatever I want out of the fighter pay. Of no, you fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> this is money that I actually have made over an entire career, and I will spend it however the fuck I want. Hey! Hell yeah! yeah. yeah. Hey, that felt good to get that uh, off your chest there. You, you <laughs> I'm and so glad you asked me that question. Hello, baby Connor. Here we go. <laughs> hey, Woo. happy we did it too. Uh, we are also big fans of the entrepreneurialism of that whole crew over there. You mm -hmm. know, like uh, mad respect. Obviously, Hallerhead, big sponsor of UFC fights, so I assume there is money in there. Happy Dad, yep. also a big thing over there with the shoeies. I mean, the amount of business you all have done together and the fact that you... 
I mean, I don't want to say this, but two different generations of business is happening. But uh, I think real respect's real in that whole thing. And uh, I got nothing but love for that. And the fact that you give $250,000 to people, I think it should have been a compliment. Yep. Instead, obviously, it gets taken back. You and the MMA media always hated each other? Always? or or? Uh, they, 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 I mean, listen to me. Go, you, can, you can go back to New York when I was just in New York. Listen to the questions that these people ask me. Tune in, tune in Saturday night at the press conference and listen to the to the questions that these people ask me. It's like one of the, one of the guys is like, hey, uh, you know, I just fucking ripped some guy for asking me a stupid question, right? <laughs> then the other guy says, uh, you're probably going to get aggravated with me. Uh, I'm fucking Jimmy from ABC Sports Radio, uh, but you know, it's my job. This is, I have to ask these questions. So he asked me about Jake Paul, right? Yeah. So so let me get this straight. Your job is to ask me questions about a guy who isn't in my company and doesn't even fight in this sport. Yeah. How the fuck does that even make sense? <laughs> he wouldn't be doing his job, Dana. Right? The guy, he, he wouldn't be able to sleep at night if he didn't ask you that, Dana. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's always a lot of grandstanding, it feels like, around the world right now. And you're at the top of the totem pole, especially in the MMA world. You would think they would appreciate you, though, because you're putting on fights like every fucking weekend at this point, right? There's no yeah. way. This, and, this and they all get to work. They all get to work. They all have jobs. They all whatever. The but sport's just, never uh, been like that, though, right, Dana? I mean, look, what you're doing that? right now, unprecedented, right? And, and maybe I don't know the small niche MMA community as much as I probably should, and I feel bad for that. But you guys putting on fights like every single weekend is not normal in the combat sports world, I don't think? or Not at all. Yeah. Not even close. First of all, no promoter in the history of the world has done what we have done, you know? And, uh, and when you talk about fighter pay... We're the only promoter in the history of the world ever that pays people more than what they're actually contracted to make. And that's every single fighter on the roster makes more than they were contracted to make. Fighter pay has gone up and all this. I, I don't even want to get into this shit, but. Yeah. No, but that's really the root of it all, right? They hold that over your head every time a conversation starts about anything, right? No, it's, it's, it's not that they hold it over my head. What drives them crazy is they don't know. They uh. don't like the fact that they don't know. They want to know fucking everything. Like in all these other sports, you know, you find out. I mean, you're, we're, we're already hearing what's going on with the negotiations with um, the Boston Celtics and possibly Durant and yeah. all this other. I don't tell these fucking people anything <laughs> ever. You know what they know? What I tell them. And I tell them nothing because I can't stand them and I don't trust them. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I think a lot of people would point to a lot of situations that happened throughout your run here as president and say, hey, Dana makes a lot of sense for why he feels that way. Do you think, though, that you'll get to a point where the bonuses um, – like those only those get thrown in always, right? They're like fight bonus goes to this, fight bonus goes to this, fight bonus goes to this. I assume that was something you created to say thank you to your fighters that go in there and do something. And how did yeah, those come it, about, and how many more have been added? Do you think over the years? Yeah, hundred percent, and to incentivize people to go out and perform, right? They're they're all there for one reason, one reason only to achieve greatness, but to make money. And you know, uh, we try to incentivize them to to, to perform. Hey, you look like you lost a little weight. You back? You? Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on. I'm, uh, I've been, uh, I've been hitting it hard, and I've been ketoing. Hey, I keto too. How fucking awesome is it? It is awesome. It, I, I listen. I, keto is the greatest diet of all time. If you even want to call it a diet, I mean, it really is a way of eating. And now these days, 
They make keto bread. They make oh, yeah. keto potato chips. They make keto everything. I'm going to so, blow your mind here. I'm going to blow your mind. These Quest peanut butter cups. Okay. Yeah. Are you a sweet tooth guy? You go to sweet tooth? Uh, yo, God, I'm the worst. Oh, yeah. I seen fucking Friday. Why do I even think about that? Hey, will you go grab one of those Quest peanut butter? Hey. Oh, yeah. I'm going to show you mine, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Very no, much. go out in the uh, fridge, my fridge. Hey, this thing yeah. right here, Dana. These little uh, peanut butter cups taste exactly like Reese's. One net carb, dude. Two of them. Full size. I'm telling you. Fucking unbelievable. <laughs> this is a game changer. I'll probably be able to keto forever. Literally looks just like a Reese's. Tastes just... I'm in. Yes. I'll buy them today. Yeah, yeah. Let's I got... Go. Uh, all right, listen. I don't want to say anything. We got 15 boxes <laughs> yeah. of them outside. It is a game changer for me. I'll eat it. One net carb, dude. A lot of protein in there. It, uh, it satisfies the sweet tooth. Then I get some steak, some chicken, some bye, bacon. Bye. It is awesome. What These is that? slate uh, uh, protein shakes. Yeah, let me write down. They're excellent. They're, they're unbelievable. And, and uh, yeah, zero sugar, 20 grams of protein, 110 calories, and they make them in three different flavors, dark chocolate, mocha, and and uh, and, uh, and they're lactose-free, too. Oh. You know what I'm, you know I'm going to do? What? I'm going to send you guys over a couple oh. cases of this. I'll and, send you uh, some I, of this. I'm going to grab. I'll send you some, some of, of this. Feet. Hey, I'll send you some of this. Deal. Deal. We'll do a trade here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, look at us negotiating. Look at this deal we just made here. Huh? This is what it's like. We just told everybody what we're doing, though. Now, so a lot of people are going to know your business. So that's a little bit of a fuck. Hey, hey, have you guys tried? Have you tried the nacho chips yet? They're, they're like Doritos. I have not. What are they? I'm going to send you those, too. I'm going to send you a whole keto holy shit box. All right. right? I'll, hey, I'll do the same. I'll do the same. I'll send what I got back, too. We'll do a full thing here. Look at us getting healthy. Look at us getting healthy. Yeah. Let's go, dude. All right, have an, have an incredible weekend. Congrats on 30 seasons of The Ultimate Fighter. Obviously coming to a finale this Saturday. Cannot wait to watch. The Contender Series has six seasons. I mean, you're absolutely crushing it. Can't wait to see what you do next. Happy birthday. Thank you, brother. And the Contender Series starts tonight on ESPN+. Plus. Let's go! Yeah. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. The president of UFC. Great gift giver. Later, boys. Yeah. Hey, great gift giver. Oh, yeah. Dana White. Thank yeah. you. Perfect. Well done. That is real. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not that job. Not that job. You know, I did um, the guy who, uh, what did he call me? He called me um, Kit Sports. Oh. That was going to be a new thing on my story. Uh, he called me, you're such a fucking loser or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then I like. I had time to check out his Twitter. <laughs> and I said, is this the first time this person's ever said this to anybody? Like, he's been delivered this line a lot. Mm -hmm. Not by me. I'm not that type of person. But people have said this to this guy a lot. Just by looking at his, at his bio. Right. Yeah, sure. This guy looked like the loser mm -hmm. of losers. Yeah. So him quote tweeting it, saying it with a matter of fact. Like, I laughed so hard. I think I was on a plane as I was looking at I was crying laughing so hard, like so proud of this guy. You know what I mean? But then I was like, let's actually, let's visualize this tweet. Mm -hmm. So then I take his photo with the little quote box and put it next to it. It got even fun. Like I was crying laughing at myself because of this guy. So I'd like to thank him. But all these people that say this stuff about people, like hey, this guy played for fucking 11 years in the NFL, multiple times Super Bowl. He's friends with everybody, very successful. And he hey, fucking bad football player. What a loser this guy. He's fucking not going to be a Hall of Famer. And then you look at this person, it's like, 
You're the biggest sack of shit I think I've ever seen on the internet. Why do you feel comfortable saying anything about anybody that's had any success? And it's because all the bad things have been said to them, so we should feel bad for them. Well, we shouldn't sure. laugh at them. Sure. Mm. It is funny with like a guy like Danny Amendola, though, because he is like a 5'8", 5'9", white guy like most of those people are. It's like, hey, this guy actually, like he, is, he isn't he is supposed to go in the NFL. He isn't supposed to play 10, 11 years, but he did because he is an exceptional athlete. This guy is, you're more relatable to this guy than you are to any guy in the NFL that yeah. you don't bury. Right. This far. guy made it from this. He is you. He is you, and he made it in there 10 years, multiple times, Super Bowl champion. He's a fucking loser. It's like, I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> And also, there was one evening in New Mexico. Uh, that's right. When me and Danny Amendola almost ended up in Old Mexico. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a good time. Danny Amendola had a good time. I believe that's a oh, yeah. legend. I, I don't even know if that's if the New Mexico board is the area that you want to go over either. Well, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of things that were happening that particular <laughs> evening. Uh-huh. Hindsight, clear eyes, don't necessarily want to do. Uh-huh. Sure. I mean, I got on a biker gang guy's bike, motorcycle, oh, 3 a.m., right out of the bar. Oh, I got one of these. Yeah. <laughs> Right, Ma- major really no-no. Nice. What are you? <laughs> the fuck are you doing? Whoa, whoa! Nice bike, <laughs> nice bike. What are we doing? Get the fuck off my bike! All right, you got Jeez. it. <laughs> Danny going. He didn't mean. I mean, sorry. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? He's telling. Uh, it's a nice I bike. Know, yeah. it, was up. it was a nice bike. I just wanted to see it. I thought <laughs> thought we were like a petting zoo. We are not. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We'll get out of here. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> that guy was pretty fucking rude there. You know what I mean? That guy was pretty rude. So I appreciate Danny mm-hmm. not getting me. Uh, I mean, I was just trying to compliment the guy. In his yeah. Sure. Trying to test it out. It's a fucking nice bike. Should have asked him to put his cut on, too. Yeah. Like, he already had it. Fucking they, give me that. They were sitting. Oh, you're talking about me? Yeah. yeah. Here, I'm going to sit on your bike. Over. Fucking let me put it on. Try it's it on. It had the big. Oh, uh, yeah. Rider. Yep. Yeah, it had the monkey. Uh, monkey has has uh, yours been? Uh, I know you decided to take a break, but has it been calling you? Yeah, a couple days it did. But the roads here in Indiana are too Can't bad. Can't do it. So bad. It's like a scratch off whether or not you're going to make it. Mm-hmm. You know? Because if you just so yeah. happen to hit one of these potholes. See ya. Now's not the time for me to be doing that. No. no. We appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. I was a little reckless before. I used to get wide open on that thing. I loved it. That was my favorite hobby. Mm-hmm. You can ride to the new office, right? Yeah, pretty good streets there. Mm-hmm. Do circles in the park lot. I did that the first time I rode a bike because I didn't know how to stop it. So I didn't want to stall. So sure. I just did a full circle. I just did a full circle. Pulling into the gas station at a red light. And green. Then, and it turns green. And it turns green. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to stall. But from here, I don't need to be doing that. Probably shouldn't have been riding either. You know, at that point, I had no idea what I was doing. Oh. Just hop on it first time you see it. It's like riding a bike. Yeah, Only one way out. to learn. It's like riding a bike. All right, let's, uh, let's cover some things that we talked about today, shall we? Uh, veteran players checked in the camp. Love that. Aaron one day. I didn't see any other... Um, I didn't see any other arrivals. No, mm-hmm. not any good ones. Justin no. Tucker, they had a three-second video of him walking in, though. Wait, he's just dressed up professionally? Nope. Yeah, just normal. Just walking in. Daniel, Daniel Jones was pretty sweet. He was wearing, uh, like, a six ninety $7.99 shirt from Old Navy that, like, if you're... See that? Relatable. Third and fourth grade, you'd probably wear it on, like, the first day of school. He looked awesome. Not Reggie Wayne? Uh, maybe picture day. Maybe. You're right. The t-shirt he had was picture day or first day of school day? Oh, I'd say first day of school because you really want to pop. Yeah, first day is a big day. Yeah, yeah. set the tone for what this year's going. That's right. Need a good shirt. And then photo day is like, oh, this is we're going to look back on what this year was. Yeah, that's right. So he was trying to set the tone as opposed to look back on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Reggie Wayne arrived in a scooter, I believe, after years and years of making legendary and memorable training camp arrivals with metaphors and meanings behind him. This time he just hopped on bird, showed up. 
This is Coach Wayne. That's right. Nice. Coach Wayne, the wide receiver room. He's going to get the most out of the boys. He's going to have to because Michael Strahan, one of the wide receivers, he's already hurt and he's out. Really? Jesus Christ. In a position that a lot of us have questioned publicly for oh. the Indianapolis Colts, the wide receiver room. One of the guys who we all thought could potentially be a star, if you're not from Indianapolis, you do not know who this guy is. He has been a training camp darling the last two years. And then he gets in some games and fucking, he's a guy. Yeah. He can stretch the field. He's big body. Mm. Seems to be a great diamond in the rough type find for Chris Ballard. Just for one reason or not, can't stay on the field. Starts the training camp off the field, which is not great news. Coach Wayne will get the most out of the boys. Alec Pierce will get more reps, the rookie out of Cincinnati. Yep. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, Pittman Jr. will yep. be able to do oh, his yeah. thing. I'm excited for the Colts to get started. I'm excited to see what type of coach Coach Wayne is because the videos and the mic'd up seem like he's going to be a fucking good one. Yeah, and also I feel like Matt Ryan, more than some quarterbacks, uses their tight ends so much, and Mo Alley-Cox is an absolute dog. Mo Alley-Cox, and then I guess there's another guy. Ogletree, maybe? Is that a tight end from? Alec Ogletree was a linebacker. Uh, No, no, it it probably might be. I think they got two rookie tight ends, too, that sources in the building have told me. Big motherfuckers. Nice. Okay, these big dudes. Yeah, these tight ends that they got. Andrew Ogletree. Ogletree. Yeah, there he is. He's a tight end? Rookie. Where's he from? Youngstown State. Here we go. Let's go Penguins. He's uh-huh. a big, son of a bitch. I guess he's a big body. Yeah, I guess this guy's big body and obviously tough. And there's some other tight end, too. So there's a lot of confidence in the tight end room yeah. for the Indianapolis Colts, which is big for Matt Ryan, but we need a wide out. Well, Pierce will do his thing. Pittman will do his thing. Jonathan Taylor's still there. You know, we're good. We're good. Colts are good. Colts are Question. Good. You think these new school dudes, we've only seen Aaron really with like a, a themed show up today, and he's an old school dude. You'd think the new school dudes would be into it, but it feels like it's falling off. Yeah, well, you got to put in the contracts you watch film. Yeah. You true. know, so. There you go. It's just a new day. Nobody wants to motivate the boys in a dramatic fashion when showing up at training camp. Nobody wants to break the monotony and the scare and the fear that people have going in training camp. This is new school versus old school. AB would have showed up in something sweet. I miss him already. Well, AB's about to be the biggest artist in the world. I just read his caption. Do you dance, AB? Do you dance? Play that shit. 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 It is dancing shit. Hey, I haven't seen an NFL guy performing Rolling Loud ever. True. No. So I'm fucking pumped for it. First... He Some people are burying it. I didn't think it was that bad. No, 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 no. It was electric. Pretty good performance. Legit. Yeah. Is that ten times better than we thought Antonio Brown's potential performance was going to be? Right. Definitely better than the one that we saw, where he was like up in like a tower, and there was twenty, twenty-five people just not even looking. And they were throwing money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He played I the wrong song, but it was good. Well, that's, he played a bunch of songs. Yeah. Well, he played a whole lot of money. They did, and he did play. Just got home. Just got back from the end. I just got back from the yellow. Antonio Brown seems to be very focused on his rap career. His caption said he wants to be one of the biggest artists in the world or biggest artist in the world. And I believe he will attempt to do as sure. such. I believe he's with Yeezy still. Yeah, yeah. And he's, isn't he still the president of Donda Sports? And he makes bangers. I mean, what are we even talking about? Yeah. He's out there doing his thing at Rolling Loud. I still miss him. You know, week 10, week 11, Mike Tomlin gives a call. Hey, hey, be we need you. I don't know yeah. if it's going to be... <laughs> Yeah, I you mean, heard Tom say it. Uh, is it AB ain't coming back? What are you talking about? Tom said it. He was oh, maybe on, Tom Brady then. Week eleven, week twelve. Yeah, maybe Tom maybe, Brady. And Tom. what if Ben Roethlisberger comes back to the Steelers no and he to, calls it? No reason to be sad. It's possible. Yeah. 
That was a wild time to be alive. Oh, oh my yeah. God. AB's in the back of Danny Boy Hustleheart's yeah. Yukon. Tell him, Cheech. Talk to him. He was stuck in New York. Cutting cameos. Yeah. Cutting cameos like uh-huh. 10 while the game's still happening. Yeah. Cutting This is going to be my new business. I'm going to do this. Goes right to the studio. Yep. Shuts down the internet for like two weeks. Was he in that uh, Instagram video with like Kanye, Madonna, Madonna? And, like, yeah. Floyd Mayweather? Yeah. It was like the most awkward. Just wearing uh, fingerless gloves in there. That, <laughs> that was wild. Antonio Brown took over the world there for a while. He and did. now he's only going to keep going. I know you're sad about Big Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> but it might not be over for Ben. Which we don't know, right? Oh, Universally, including Big Ben, I he think said, everyone knew, hey, this is it for me. And AP nah, like, what did no. Ben say, though? Ben microphone. he could fucking still sling it. Ben is going to hold that yeah. over the NFL now, for the next five, six years. He won that golf turn. In classic Ben fashion, 0% surprise. And would have been disappointed if he didn't say that right before training camp. True. Very true. That's very, hey, very, very true. Ben still got it. Just like I would put out a video of me kicking a ball, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Stir the pot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Why not? By the way, I, there's only a couple of those videos I have saved on my phone. and probably not making any new ones. So keep an eye out for a reused <laughs> yeah. kicking video from me. Just stir the pot a little bit. Might as ben well. could also be looking at the Browns and say, hey, Deshaun might not play. Don't, I might fucking come back playing Cleveland and fucking that's his avenge home state. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Play for my home state. Listen, just because he owns that stadium. And avenge these guys for fucking kicking me out of town. Why not? They didn't kick him out of town. Ben Roethlisberger okay. for the Cleveland Browns. That Can you imagine? Matter. Big Brown Storybook ending. Uh, what's this? Is this the video from Antonio Brown? Zito really dug deep for this one. Go ahead, Zito. Good find, pal. I know you sad about Ben Roethlisberger retiring, but it's not over for Ben yet. I know everyone's wondering is it his last game in Pittsburgh tonight, and would it end like this? But it may not end like this. I know Ben. He's a competitor. He loved to play football. One of the greatest quarterback all time, and I just don't see him hanging it up. So, Patrick, you and all other Steelers fans who are looking you. to think Big oh, Ben is playing his last game in Huntsville, I wouldn't tip my hat on that yet. I wouldn't bet on that yet because Big Ben has a lot of football yet left. And he didn't say that his career was over. He didn't say that it was his last game in Huntsville. So we can't speculate and recollate upon him not playing anymore. So let's be positive. Let's cheer him on. Fucking let's right. Let's wish for one of his best games tonight. Let's go. And let's keep business booming. Hey, let's Boom. go. All right. Yes, thank you. Play you're, you're playing yourself, though, if you think Big Ben Roethlisberger is playing for any other organization. No, that's uh, Antonio said that about Antonio. He didn't oh. say that about Ben Roethlisberger. Right. Well, that was right before you school, right? Yeah, Because you didn't that come out right oh, I forgot time. about yeah, that. It was right around that time. You what? S- you school? Ian? Ian? <laughs> 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 he was DMing? That lady, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Come on, it was right before that. Come on, I don't remember that. We did a full yeah. show on how you could sneak someone up to your room. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, through the uh-huh. this show's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the phones. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's go to Rick and San Antonio. Rick and San Antonio, home of the San Antonio XFL team. Now, uh-huh. What do you want to talk about, Rick, on the 5 Energy phone line? Go to 5Energy.com. Use promo code MACFEE to receive 10% off your order of any of the delicious tropical and fruit burst flavors that 5 Energy has to get you from A to B. A being mm, 
BBN. Woo! Yeah. Let's go! Love Five Energy and the flavors are incredible. Go to fiveenergy.com. Use promo code MAC if you receive 10% off your order. What's going on, Rick in San Antonio? Hey, Pat, gentlemen, how y'all guys doing today? Hey, we're doing keep it good. Keep, keep, keep it going. Good. Keep it it's good. good. Thank keep you, Rick. Good. Appreciate you. Hey, I wanted to, uh, unfortunately, AJ Hawk is, uh, is off online right now, but I wanted to get his thoughts and then also I can get Ty Schmidt's thoughts as well on what it was like. When Brett Favre returned to Lambeau as a Minnesota Viking, the energy, obviously AJ's not here, he can't talk about it, but Ty can, I, fi- I figure, as a lifetime fan, seeing his childhood hero return, what, what that was all like. Hey, Rick, I'm going to need you. Fuck, never mind. I was going to need you to hang up on yourself there, but I can do it now. Uh, <laughs> did you guys puke when old Brett was a Minnesota Viking making throws across his body and everything like that? Or was the goodbye from Brett a pretty, you know, sulky situation, salty situation uh, because they'd been holding Aaron back and how it all ended. Yeah, there's just the constant will they, won't they. It's like one week Favre doesn't want to play anymore and then the next week it's like, well, you know, I'm, I, I might actually come back. I'm, I'm kind of missing this. And But yeah, once Rodgers got in there and you actually saw him play, it was like, all right, fuck it, we'll just do this. And granted, the Vikings, they went to the NFC Championship that first year with Favre and beat the Packers. Yeah, yeah, and beat the, the Packers uh, twice, I think. Uh-huh. So that kind of sucked, but in the end it was... Yeah, Bye. kill the head and the body will die. Yeah, um, kill the head, yeah. Right, but yeah, they didn't win the Super Bowl, so it was like, all right, well. Yeah, but it's kind of crazy how you guys just piss on a grave of Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. Even Patriots fans are like, happy Tom's doing well, right? Well, some. Yeah, that is a very fine line. I wouldn't. I'd he didn't go to the, like their biggest rival, though. Yeah, like like, if he went, Tom to, didn't turn around and go play for the Jets or the Bills or yeah, something. Yeah, like if that. he went it's to like, Miami and was he a stayed part in owner. the fucking division and went to the Vikings. So he tried to go to Miami, and become part owner in the division. Flores said, "I'm not taking that fucking meeting on your yacht." To the owner. When Tom does that, you guys hate him forever? Uh, if he goes to Miami. I mean, look, I'm someone who does not like Tom Brady until he retires, obviously. But Which he already did. To, you liked him for a couple of days. Yeah, was that like eight, ten days? Yeah, I think it was like, a, yeah, just about eight to ten days. I actually had to take down the newspapers of him. Of don't the you have Super a Tampa Bowl. Tom Brady jersey? Uh, I don't. I should order one, though, maybe when he retires. But You don't have one? No. So what's the deal with you guys just not having any respect for these guys who have brought you so much happiness through your life? You with Brett Favre? No, I love Favre. And you. All those fucking parades uh-huh. every other year you were going sure. to through your childhood. You don't even give sure. a damn. Spit. Get out of here, Tom. We don't like you. Well, it's a team game. You know, I, there's 22 people usually, and that's not even including special teams. The Patriots have brought me a lot of happiness. Sure, Tom was the leader. Oh my God. But Bill Belichick is my captain. He was the guy steering the ship, and he's the guy that is still steering the ship. So, yeah, there were some people that jumped ship, perhaps, under that pirate boat, those motherfuckers out in Tampa Bay, who, you know, we talk about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady hating ourselves. When are we going to talk about B.A. and Tom Brady, huh? What? Guess what? Guess what? One guy retired. One guy kept going. Hell yeah. One guy came back. One guy got fired. And who the hell was that, Fine, huh? Fine, and he retired. Sure, yeah. He stepped away. He's, he's giving press conferences at the well Combine said. about rebuilding the team. And then all of a sudden, the quarterback, the leader, the guy that made Tampa Bay a real franchise comes back. You're wrong. Okay, I'm just saying. You're wrong. If this was Brady and Belichick, we'd be talking about this every goddamn day. But it's B.A. Bruce's still Brady. in the building. Bruce's still in the building. Oh, is he in the building? That's what they're saying. He's a consultant. He's around. Yeah, for With sure. Tom lets him be. I'm, I'm sure Whoa, he's around don't all don't you time. jump in on this wearing your salmon. It's real. This is box throwback colors, okay? Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. We don't need you hopping on this whole train. 
We B.A. Know. was rebuilding the team because he didn't want to hand over a bad team to his boys. Oh, yeah. He's, an, he's very honorable. And then when Tom Brady came back, he said, all right, now you guys time. can take this team. Yeah, no point for me to even be here because it's not even my offense and I don't call plays anymore. So we'll just, you know, let Tom do it. <laughs> Quarterback hates my guts. Yeah. That's not what happened. Well, that is it feels like exactly what happened, actually. <laughs> well, <it's pretty laughs> yeah. I don't think so. Let's go to the fronts. It's unbelievable. You just deflected one all the way around the ship to bring that up. Look, I think it's unbelievable that he was able to go to somewhere else, pick the team with the best wide receiver core, bring his, you know, one of the greatest tight ends out of all time back to the. You team, see the defense on that go. team too. Yeah, one of the best defenses. I mean, they went seven and nine, and their quarterback threw thirty picks, and then Brady came in. Unbelievable. 30? I think it's your fifteen. I think it is more impressive that BA lasted with Brady for two whole years. Because I don't think many quarterbacks could, or many coaches could, you know, meet his competition levels, and I think that's why when you look back at the Patriots dynasty, it will always be couldn't have happened unless you have both. Yeah, we're not talking about that. We're talking about you guys being not thankful <laughs> at all for uh, honestly, like that little sign I don't fucking even, kid, yeah. that little sign kid that was just. Uh -huh. Is he saying thank you to Tom Brady every single night whenever he says his prayers? That kid's a fucking sellout. But I... What? <laughs> What's wrong with that kid? I, I what assume, is your deal? I assume just <laughs> looking at that kid, I assume he jump shipped to Tampa Bay. But... Oh, no! You know, where, kid? where we ended up in this conversation, I didn't even know how it started because we just, just <laughs> dove right into Tampa and Tom. Let's go to the folks. Let's go to Ryan in Chicago. Ryan, new dome on the field. Here we go. What do you want to talk about? Hello, Pat, boys. How you doing? Keep moving. Keep Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Um, I want to talk about um, last week you guys were talking about uh, the Champions League. No, not the Champions League. My, my bad. The NFL coming to, uh, going to Europe and um, how it's going to Germany and London uh, this season um, for a couple games. And now uh, last season, Champions League, um, they're actually – Talks about coming to the U.S. for a final, Holy but both parties um, were uh, a little bit shaky because of the fan bases and uh, them thinking it was not right with the fans. I want to get like your opinion on it. Okay, thank you, Ryan. That dome. How did that happen? Can we pull that up? Can we? Can we this clip that? And pull that. This up? thing landed. There's a little what? hole in this thing. Yeah, landed right in the middle of it. Obviously, I did that on purpose. Unbelievable. Yeah, that needs to. Can we? Is there a replay we can throw it back to? Yeah, I can pull it up. I mean, that, that was that's absurd. There's only one ball that fits in this thing, right? So, like, yeah, what are the odds here? It's got to land flush. Yeah, that's lethal shooter with the nail rim. Yeah. <laughs> you tell me. Huh? Couldn't even hear a word that guy was saying. No. Nope. Well, the answer to whatever he was saying was, ah, who cares? <laughs> that is so rude. I hate Thank you. Why? Thank you. I, I was so listening. I, I missed, and I missed you. you doing that. Yeah, because yeah. I was trying to figure out what he was saying. Man, that was pretty good. That was yeah. unbelievable. Oh, we have a replay. Let's break yeah, down. Here we, we actually saw it happen. This is during Ryan from Chicago's question. Pretty good balance. Pretty good juggle. I start getting a little bored. The ADD starts kicking in. I'm going to go high with this thing. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'll start bashing you up. Boom. Boom. In the bucket. It's <laughs> 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 unbelievable. Yeah. I was very, very excited for that. Yeah. I'll never do it again. I think that's the show. 
Yeah, it good be. way to end it. Yeah. I think that's the show. Ryan, thank you for your question. I think he was talking about fans, uh, soccer fans or NFL fans, and then mixing. I think everybody loves good Hogan, but uh, people being di- there's different cities that appreciate it, different cities that don't. I think everybody in Europe is wild. Mm-hmm. I think only some cities in America are wild. It's just two different conditioned fan bases. Uh, so I don't think that's even a conversation for why people would not do business in places. He was asking, uh, you know how we said that there could be a Super Bowl in London? England. Yeah, he was saying there's rumors that the Champions League final could be in the U.S. Never but would that yeah. work? Well, we need a team. But once they start That's letting the MLS in the Champions yeah. League, Minnesota United, they just beat Everton four nothing. Tell you what, Toronto's got a couple of Toronto FC's got a couple of Italian kids in the MLS that are just absolutely dominating. Listen, Alberdini doesn't have a chance because think about Methy going to. Miami FC. Right. Inter-Miami. Inter Inter that Miami FC squad is going to yeah. be a team. Yeah. You, you think they're going to do the Champions League without Messi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong list. <laughs> you think they're going to do that without Messi in the league? You got multiple lists. You're crazy. Bro, we are <laughs> the worst sports show of all time. You hear me? Ryan, he plotted that call. Oh, yeah. Thought it out. He's done more research than we've ever done on the topic, and we can't even give him a good answer. (laughs) Whatever the case, stop being a bunch of fucking pussycat, soft-ass bitches over there. If it's the world's game, let Inter-Miami FC into the Champions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chelsea got to experience it. Christian Pulisic was the only one who scored a goal. The American was the only one who scored a goal. You're welcome. The American Mm -hmm. scored a goal for you. It's different over here where the way we play soccer. And you all are going to experience that in Cutter when we fucking win the soccer Lombardi. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Who won the concave this year? Yeah. Our women and our men. Okay, so <laughs> what's that mean? You yeah, put me. us in the Europe's, dude. Yeah. Put us in the Europe's. I understand we're not in the Europe as a geographical description, but if you really want the Europe's to matter, why don't you let the concave the champions come fucking run a little Spe- pain train on all you. Okay. Speaking of the Europe's, I thought it was a little funny. Um... The uh, English women are in the semifinals for the Europe today. Have you heard Gump say I anything? haven't. I haven't. Because oh, I actually called no. him. And I said, he, it's coming home. It's he's coming home. Does he not care about the women? Yeah. They're, by the way, oh. we've been watching Europe's, the women's soccer. It's pretty good. I don't know how our American women win. Honestly, we yeah. beat all of them. Yeah. And there's some... There's like a 35-yard rocket from the German... Yeah. Uh-huh. Laser. Laser. Yeah. Like, it is... That's a sport... That I think there isn't, you know, it's fucking very entertaining. Yeah. Very, very entertaining. If I know anything about gum. Let's talk about Chicago. Uh, let's talk about Mayor Lightfoot, who is obviously a fan favorite around Chicago for all of the decisions that she has made throughout her entire... <laughs> Boo that lady! Now, well, it does feel like Boo. all parties are saying the same thing about Mayor Lightfoot for one reason or another. Her most recent venture into, oh, nobody likes my ideas, is she painted the <laughs> Soldier Field with a SoFi-like stadium roof over top of it. And although the SoFi stadium uh, is kind of, you know, game-changing because it's not actually a dome because there's separation between the ceiling, uh, the roof, and the stadium itself, thus why there was a delay when there was lightning in the area. Yep. Everybody asks, well, how is there a lightning delay when it's a dome? They're like, well, actually, they just put the roof over top of it kind of um, like, uh, like a shade mm-hmm. in the stadium is itself. Mayor Lightfoot presented the same type of thing, would add suites in there, uh, would add a glass roof, 
uh, mm. to Soldier Field, right. and also a side uh, for wind to come in. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot actually uh, put out a stadium that could potentially be a magnifying glass on the roof for sun. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then a wind tunnel through the side in Chicago, which is it. And it looks cool. We can add a bunch of suites. That might be the most miserable place to play football at in the history of football. Because yeah, it's like you're in a tanning bed in which they have a fan on. It's going to be hot as fuck with that glass roof. Uh, obviously coming through there. And if they're able to keep the temperature warm, the sun will radiate through. Everybody's been inside of a fucking car where the sun comes through the Mm -hmm. sunroof. And then the wind tunnel off the side there of Chicago, very windy. That would be a nightmare, but... Might get a Super Bowl there. Maybe. Oh, yeah. If you had a renovation of a couple hundred million dollars to the stadium or the NFL, uh, go ahead and say that's enough to warrant a Super Bowl in the city. I believe it's a $2 billion uh, addition to the stadium. So could build a new one. Instead, just add this onto it. Maybe keep Soldier Field in Chicago as opposed to what the Bears are planning on doing, which moved the Bears to Arlington down the road. Just paying $86 million and then the other $3 billion after that. How do you feel about Soldier uh, Field having a roof? Me? Love it. If they could shut that window strictly from a punter kicker uh, mindset. But on the flip side, that doesn't feel like that would do much better for anything. A glass ceiling is very fascinating. Yeah. Because snow's sitting on that. Everybody inside is just assuming it's coming through. Was that Minnesota? Yeah, it happened at the Metrodome, yeah. Oh, God. We'd assume the architects and engineers would be able to figure out for that roof Mm. not to crack or give, but when the sun is cracking down on that thing and that glass is just cooking it even more. It's foolish. It would be so hot in there. Oh, my God. So she she, she did propose this, but the team uh, still said that they are focused on the Arlington Heights project. And the NFL wants them to move to Arlington Heights, too. Hey, Mayor uh, Lightfoot, real uh, cute design here. What is this from? Chip and Joanna Gaines, their 3D graphic (laughs) of HGTV. Uh, We actually just got $86 million worth of land where we can build. Are you putting a casino on that as well? And uh, hotels and a plaza for all the shopping on there? Or are you just putting a roof on and some more suites? Oh, okay. We're going to go to fucking Arlington then where we can build up Chicago Bearland, where we get all the money, basically. More suites. More suites. More stores, yes. more restaurants, more hotels, more casinos, where every dollar flows yep. into the NFL as opposed to whatever you're thinking up there yeah. on the Gold Coast. Klein. Also, I believe the name is now the Chicago Dome if they do yeah. this, and it's no longer Soldier Field. Do you think people are going to love, love that? Chicago Dome. In that first picture, boom, right at the top, Chicago Dome. So at Soldier there. Field? No, you can't have that, though. It's not Soldier Field anymore. Soldier then. Field will be in the Chicago Dome. Right. Like, mm-hmm. And people will just start referring to, hey, we're playing the Chicago Dome this weekend. To be clear, I am a big Dome fan. Yeah. But can't have Dome be magnifying glass for sun. Can't have wind tunnel off one side. Foolish. Which makes it a miserable place. Has to make it uh, you know, better suited for kicking balls. That's all I'm thinking sure. about. So what I do want us to do, so that one uh, graphic here, it actually says there's three options. One is fully closed. Option two was that one that was partly open. And then option three, I didn't read it, but it's right there. Pull that picture back up. You can't close the window, though, because there's people in suites right here. So that that was just option two. So they, they would just rebuild both end zones, and then it would go up like that. And then option one to fully close it. Okay, nice. So the window would be on the outside of these suites that we're seeing right here. Uh, there would be no window there. So this is option two rendering. So how Lucas Oil is? Yeah, it's got a window that you can shut, yeah. though. This can shut or can't shut, Zito? I don't know what you're saying. So, like, this photo is just option two of what her, what she brought up. So, like, that would be through with the end zones. They would build up, and then that's, like, how you get that structure to hold the, the dome. And that's why it's open. 
Okay. Option one is to fully redo the whole dome so it's fully enclosed. Um, put me on option one, Mayor Lightfoot. I don't know if she's taking votes. Is she taking votes? Is Mayor Lightfoot listening to anything we're saying? I, I got option, option, option four is get the fuck out of the city yeah. and move to Arlington. She's not putting that option. <laughs> no, she's not. But I think they that's added, what, they're like, D. Yeah, yeah. Right. Number, that's what Number three is just to modify it so soccer could play there. Soccer can't play play there after they leave Arlington. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you look at like a stadium like the fucking one in Vegas, I forget, the Allegiant Stadium, like that that one is so nice. Why wouldn't you want that for your own city and with all those other amenities that you just said? So if I. Yes. Allegiant. Mm -hmm. Hackershire. No, I didn't. No. Jerry World. I don't think Acrisure. I don't think Steelers. I don't know if Rooney owns any of those bars yeah. around. I know Jerome Bettis does. JB36. 36 Grill is worth it. Yeah. Did it close? Is it still open? Yeah. Close, yeah. What? Yeah, JB36 accidentally closed. Wait, the buses? Didn't, unfortunately, did not survive. What, what happened? Oh, the wheels on a bus went round and round. Round and round. Until they didn't. Everybody was going over to Rivers. They weren't going to Jerome Bettis' bar and grill. Say, hey, if I'm going to lose a quick 50 bucks, I'm at least going to gamble it as opposed to eat these provolones. They (laughs) added a lot of restaurants in that area. Um, And fortunately, JB36's uh, food, it was all right. It was bad food. Bussy. Nobody told Jerome this, but it was not good. Was he the head chef? Well, his name's on the fucking thing. Bill Belichick said I'm the head coach, so I handle it all. They did have a cool feature where uh, it was one-way glass, two-way glass. From the bathroom. Yeah, when you're taking a piss at the urinal, you could see out into the restaurant. Oh, that's that's awesome. They couldn't see you. They couldn't see your penis. That's kind of weird now. The glass was above where your penis would be, too. True. They they didn't test the glass, like, all the way down to the Well, if you pee upside down. Well, then you shouldn't be in public. <laughs> any any weirdos probably, probably maybe make their way into there if I had to guess probably. into the bathroom yeah you think they're bop. any bathroom in public yeah. bop, bopping looking through the window probably uh, be tough to bop and wear the way they had that set up but yeah weirdos make their way to the bathroom if it was a stall right. situation maybe but it was urinals so maybe putting just like your butt cheeks up against the <laughs> yeah. two way window oh no yeah. I can see it yeah. <laughs> be tough it's a little elevated I think the way Diggs painted the picture <laughs> For dramatic effect and comedic effect, vastly different than what it is. It's chest up, yeah. up there. Okay. So I don't know how you're going to get your cheeks up there, to be honest, unless you're Stand on shack. the shack. Yeah. Yeah, that's all me. Normal Stand on your buddy's until, back. To about this. Height. Normal wall, yeah. Okay. Let's go to one last phone call here. We should have a moment of silence, I guess, for JB Thursday. Jerome Bus, Jerome Bettis Grill. Man. I went to a couple times. I got sick from the food every time. Oh, good lord. But the vibes were high and the pisses were fun. What? Because you didn't have to leave the party in the bar whenever you were paying. You could still see them from afar. Mm. That food was pretty shit, though. But who cares? You're supporting the bus. And Bussy supported a lot of good times that you had. Remember when he was playing running back at 280? What? Skirting around. What? What? Scoring. Touchdowns every single time they touched the goal line oh, yeah. formation, what? except for that one time where Ben oh, Roethlisberger yeah. had to make a tackle. Save the season. Mm-hmm. But then he won a Super Bowl in his hometown in Detroit. Yeah, that's because the wheels on the bus went round and round, round and round, round and round. The wheels on the bus went round and round, and the sound around the bus was good on you, bus. Good on you. Thank you, bus. Thank you, bussy. Here's a picture of the one-way mirrored urinal there. Ooh. Obviously, we can see that. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks like an open bar. Yeah. yeah. 
Can't see anything. Area. Probably the TV's not good enough. That's on us. Oh, you can't see the urinal there? Uh, I mean, yeah, kind of, but wait. Oh, yeah, it's a little dark. Yeah, that? with the lights. Yeah, it's tough yeah. to see, but everybody at home saw. Yeah, you saw that's that? Right. Uh-huh. That's what it was right there. So that's a mirror? One-way mirror. You can see oh. through. They can't see you. They used to have that at uh, Rudy Subs and Pizza 286. Really? How can I help you? Yeah, one-way mirror to the back. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, interrogation room. Boom. Larry Hall. Boom. You, you you caught up? You watch episode four? Yes. What do you think this is? I know amateur, dude. I am. So I just watched it. Unbelievable. It's wild, right? Yeah, we're really getting there. We are. It's a good series. <laughs> it's so good. I really enjoy it. And that handsome son of a bitch is going to be James Bond. Yeah, Taron. Edgerton and I mean Paul Walter Hazard is so good as top five generation. He really is. He's like a super duper good actor. What's his name? All range. Paul Walter Hazard. He's he was a um, accused terrorist. (laughs) Yes. Crushed it. Uh Right. He was what's angle? What's angle? What's angle? Right. Crushed it. In this one, honestly. Amazing job as a serial killer who's incredibly creepy. Yeah, looks. I mean, plays the role perfectly. Great burn sides on him too. It, I, great burn I wonder sides. if he grew those himself. Great burn Definitely. sides. I mean, the pauses like that's the like the way he's. Hey, he, yeah, it's unbelievable. Indiana does not look good in that. No, Indiana does not look good in Illinois that. Illinois looks good though. Multiple. Times. Illinois looks very good, even though Illinois was the place where actual home of John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's no, go to the phone. No, no. Larry Hall. Let's go to Dan in Maine. Dan, what's going on, pal? What's up, dude? What's up, bro? How's Maine? You guys got sun right now, right? Winter comes soon. Yeah, we got some pretty good heat going on right now. Hell yeah. You live in Maine full time? Full time. Yikes. What are how many months of like uh, cold ass gray? <laughs> like nine months. And it's 76 degrees, partly sunny today or yeah. partly cloudy today. It seems like a perfect day in Maine. We appreciate you taking time to call in, pal. You you get the lobsters or the crab? What is it, Maine? Lobsters. Lobsters? Mm-hmm. You in the lobster Lob- business? No, I'm not in the lobster business. I'm actually painting submarines. Oh. Beast. You know, submarines are initially called U-boats. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Were brought in to kind of change the entire world war. Now we got my guy... Dan and Maine painting them. Whose subs are these? Are these Epstein subs? Nah, U.S. Navy. Hell yeah. Oh, let's, yeah. Hey, let's paint those Ooh. things. Let's shine those sons of bitches up nice, huh, Dan? Well, hey, we make them look good. That's what I'm talking about, Dan. We wouldn't want anybody else to do it but you. What do you want to talk about, Dan? Hey, so SummerSlam, are we going to see A.J. Hawk backing you up when you beat bum-ass Gorman? Oh, good call, Dan. Thank you for the question. AJ's got 100 kids. I think it's going to be difficult yeah. to get him to yeah, sign in one place for a weekend. Uh-huh. He'll but, probably be rooting for Corbin, too, because he's a scumbag. Yeah. yeah. Plus, when he's there. Yeah, true. You lost when he was there last time, so. Chad Omen. Yeah, and I got attacked. And yes. he just stood there. He didn't do shit. Goddamn thing. He's got bad knees, so, like, I think I'd have to give him a heads up if he's going to do anything physical. He's going to have to do a little 30, 45 minutes uh, sesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get some CBD. I'm on AJ, no, don't you worry about it. I got this bum all by myself. Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern on the cock. Peacock, SummerSlam in Nashville, Tennessee, Nissan Stadium. I guess I've lost there one time. Ah. I guess I've lost there one time. Yeah, I'll be the only time. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I've. I have a fake punt in there. I have an onside kick in there. I have a tackle, I believe, in there. What? A lot of history in that stadium. 
Those fans are awesome, though. Yeah, they are. And SummerSlam is going to be electrified. Oh, hell I can't yeah. wait for it Saturday night, just like I can't wait to get back on this microphone tomorrow morning with more stories out of NFL training camps, more conversations, more guests, and uh, hopefully more ha-ha laughs. Yeah. <laughs> See you all in about 20 hours and 27 minutes and 30 seconds. You all are the best humans on earth. Oh, so giveaway. Okay. Oh. Hashtag PMS training camp. Yes. Yep. PMS training camp. Uh, take a screenshot, right, meow? Oh, yeah. Dang it. Put your cash tag in there and give a motivational speech to somebody that's going to training camp. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, it's somebody that's on the team. At them on the team and uh, screenshot that. Put your cash tag in there and send them some motivational words because there's going to come times over the next few weeks where a lot of guys that we have a lot of respect for are going to question what they do for a living. That's right. what training camp is. But these are the seeds that need to be sowed if you're going to blossom into a Lombardi winning fucking squad. Both. Who's going to make it? Who's not going to make it? Maybe your motivational speech will put some people over the hump once again it's hashtag pms training camp your cash tag name in there then a motivational speech to somebody that just checked in training camp in the nfl letting them know it's all going to be okay and you can't thank them enough for their hard work to go win a goddamn lombardi we'll be back tomorrow hopefully with aj hawk maybe not mm. see you then goodbye great work everybody i appreciate the hell out of you see you